Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Better put your dukes up. Football season, baby. Happy Monday to you too, Bob. We are one day out from the start of the NFL season. I don't care what they say about free agency, salary cap, the draft. When teams are in camp, here we go. Ready to rock, man. I love it. I mean, hey, and by the way, I'm going to give you guys a little programming note. By the way, Xander, your pop and you are right. I thought about it for a while. I'm like, you know what? Big Sills has been talking sports along all lines for 30 some odd years. Then I started thinking, do I really want to talk baseball out of the gate? No. Do I really want to talk about potentially Kevin Durant going to Boston? Uh, that'd be a no too. Do I want to talk hot? No, I don't even want to go there. From this day, July the 25th, until the second week of February, I'm going to talk 90% NFL football. National football show? You bet, baby. 90% will be just all ball, man. And that's pretty much, if you're talking sports right now, Dude, nobody wants to hear about the pennant races or some stupid losing streak or winning streak. Wake me up in October who the team's going to be in the World Series. I'll watch it then. But that's not really a priority on my sports page right now. I'm watching teams already hitting through the NFL network. We're here, man. By tomorrow, every single team would have been in camp and reported with their 90 guys, and we get ready to go to work for the 2022 season. By the way, you got to send your check-in now for rent. Okay? Rent's due. Here we go, baby. And you have all the way until September, the first week of September, before the landlord comes and gets you. We're here. This is it. Oh, man. We are slammed. By the way, this week, you know what I love? Hey, Xander, we got a new man coming on the program this week. New man. You know, somebody said to me that, um, hey, Sills, your San Francisco 49er and Buccaneer story, you know, I really never really bought it. So you know what I'm going to do this week? I'm going to bring the president of the Atlanta Falcons and the chairman of the competition committee on Rich McKay. How'd you like that? And we'll ask him and talk to him about the potential of Garoppolo going to Atlanta. So you don't have to just listen to Big Sills. We'll get the chairman of the competition committee and president of the Atlanta Falcons on. He will be on this week, Rich McKay. I've known Rich for probably 35, 40 years. His father... Obviously, the legendary John McKay, coach USC and coach the Buccaneers. So we will have him on. 
in case any of you are going, here's Cilio just, well, here's the president of the Falcons. Brian Westbrook's going to join us, Merrill Reese this week, as we get ready for the NFL. And most notably, we'll be looking at the Eagles. Let's start it out here. By the way, appreciate everybody coming aboard. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, man. Showtime. All good. Jeff, thanks for coming aboard. Michael, thank you. Let's talk some ball. Jalen Hurts, 0-8 against playoff teams in 2021. Easy money. Boom. Right out of the gate, dog. Big Sills, football, hello, everyone. Oh, yeah. Hey, Greg. I'm, hey, watch this, dog. I'm just going to get Rich McKay on. And anytime I got a comment, I'll even get John Lynch on from now on. Because I'm sick of this. I'm just going to get the people that told me. <laughs> hey, you know what's crazy? I talked to John. I've known John Lynch 35 years. By the way, he's general manager of the San Francisco 49ers. Where the hell do you think I get this stuff from? Do you not see who comes on the program? Hey, Howard Balzer doesn't count. Howard, I got to tell you, Hoss, you got to have a better performance than you did. Hey, Xander, he's got a big sills, keeps an eyeball on that stuff. You got you to gotta break two. You, you got to break two to get a repeat appearance on the Dan Cilio show slash national football show. Michael Westbrook, yes, we're getting him on. Actually, Brian Westbrook, but Michael, yes. Let's talk some shit. That's what Dylan says. <laughs> All right, here we go. By the way, can I ask a just an off-the-top question? TVD coming on this week? I told you when TVD's coming on. Tyler Van Dyke will be on the program. Week seven. That's the bye week. Week seven, he'll be on the program. No, sorry. Hey, hey, Eastside Monster, Lenny Dykstra. No, and it's not going to happen, okay? It's not going to happen. Chris, easy money. The Eagles were 0-8 against playoff teams. Not just Jalen Hurts. Way to go, dude. Way to stick up for your guy. Way to stick up for your guy. All right. So Gardner Minshew. Let me ask you something about it. Xander saw, showed me a picture of him. He's selling his, like, love shack. It's like this old 1975 school bus. It's white. I think he painted it white because he's, like, going to church or something. I don't know. He painted it white. It looks really stupid. Okay? I mean, so I guess he's been living in this thing. Guy makes $2.5 million. He's the backup quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. And this guy lives in the back of an old 1974 school bus. And now he's selling it. He's a weirdo. I actually like him, though. I actually like him. But I had to, I happen to have been, like, stroll, you know, going through the channels and trolling through the channels, and I actually landed on Sports Take. And the guy that they had on who was a sports better goes like this. Hey, Xander, correct me if I'm wrong when I say this. You know, the Eagles are one of the only teams, and I'm going to paraphrase it the only way Big Sills can. The Eagles are one of the very few teams, if they lose their quarterback, it's not going to be that big a deal. I was like, what? I didn't hear that. <laughs> and he actually said it again. You know, if Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Matthew Stafford or any of these guys, they go down, Gardner Mitchell could step right in, and he's going to win a lot of games. And actually, this sports better guy said, 
Yeah, I think the Eagles could probably still win nine ball games. Gardner Mitchell is a starting quarterback. That's not really a ringing endorsement for a guy who sets odds and is a sports book type guy. That's not really a lot of confidence in your guy. Yeah, you know, if the Eagles are one of the very few teams that they're not like solely relying on one dude. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> Okay, well, that's not saying much about the guy. By the way, that wasn't my show saying it. I kind of I, I kind of did a double take on it. I was like, I had to actually, like, listen to that again. Yeah, you know, if the Eagle quarterback goes down, Minshew could win nine, nine, ten ball games. Really? It'd probably be a better passing team. But, hey, not only him, but then the Madding Reddings came out. So let me, let me, let me throw this at you here. Madden 23 has Justin Fields to a tug of Viola, Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy G, and Ryan Tannehill ranked ahead of Jalen. I think Jalen came in at a strong 24th. Damn. Damn. So Vegas doesn't respect a kid, and Madden 2023 doesn't respect Jalen Hurts. The only people that respect Jalen Hurts are his teammates and his fan base. And you know what, folks? Sometimes it's all you need. Sometimes that's all you need is something like that. Easy Money goes, Jalen Hurts led the entire NFL with games under 200 yards passing. <laughs> Burrow still lives with his parents. I actually like that. Dude, Minshew is average, but it would be cool watching him take over. Look at Jay. I think we may be better with Minshew as quarterback. Madden ratings. Man, stop. Solo says, I'm with you. Hey, Solo, I don't know if I've ever played Madden, so... I'm not sure if it even matters what it, it just everyone plays it though. Daz goes that's sad. Madden doesn't respect Herbert. Give him an 88. They gave him a 74. I think it was a 74 rating. By week 10, they'll update it. And he'll be at least 85, 87 overall. 45% completion percentage past three yards. Won't get the job done, says Carson Wentz. <laughs> oh, by the way, you see all the players in Washington that are coming to Carson Wentz's defense on what a leader he is, how awesome he is to be around. Hey, man, maybe, maybe he is changing his tune. <laughs> Y'all sick of sales? Eagle, you just wait, baby. You lay an egg against that Lions team. You wait. How you doing? You better not lay an egg against that Lions team at Ford Field. Maybe he changed. Maybe he did. <laughs> Maybe he didn't. Holy cow. Look at this. Madden 2023 took a crap all over Jalen. Justin Fields, I think, is terrible. Tua. Who took his gig? Jameis Winston? 
played like six games last year. Teddy Bridgewater's better than Jalen. Wow. Baker Mayfield, who's not even going to start in Carolina. Hey, where is Teddy Bridgewater now? Where's Bridgewater? Where's he playing? Does anyone know? So are you telling me that Teddy Bridgewater, Baker Mayfield, those two guys aren't starting, and they got a higher rating for Madden ahead of Jalen Hurts. Teddy Bridgewater's back with the Saints, or oh, he's in Miami. Which one is it? Where's Bridgewater? He's in my okay, so wait a minute. Wait, wait, this gets better. This gets better. You're telling me that Madden ranked two guys who don't play <laughs> Jalen Hurts, Baker Mayfield, and Teddy Bridgewater. Holy cow. Man, dude, what a slap in the face. Damn. Wow. The Eagle quarterback is not better than two dudes who are going to be on the bench. Dude, no way, man. Right now, Sam Darnold's getting the number one snaps. How you doing? Man, Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback, according to Matt in 2023, than Jalen Hurts. Man, hey. <laughs> Hey, man, I'll tell you, if I'm jailing, I'm uh, mudslinging. I'm not doing – I didn't rank them. The Madden guys did just a game, not real life. I don't know, man. They had Tom Brady ranked number one. As a matter of fact, I think Tom Brady should be ranked number one. You got a resume like that? I don't care how Aaron Rodgers spins the ball. <laughs> you see what his postseason record is? I got to take the guy in Tampa until somebody tells me otherwise, or he shows me otherwise. I'm going to take the guy. Daz goes, I'm so sick of not having a quarterback. Mudslinging. I'm not doing any mudslinging. They have Minshew at 67 overall. That's way low. Hell, the guy on sports take today. What was his name, Xander? Said that, hey, if the Eagles lose their quarterback, it's not a big deal. <laughs> Brad Feinberg. Brad Feinberg came on Sports Take and we're talking to the fellas. I'm scrolling through, right? Hey, you know, the Eagles lose their quarterback. It's all good. They'll win nine, ten games. <laughs> okay. You know, they're not a team that relies on one guy. I was like, oh, well, Okay. I think that's a deal. Somebody says something like that. So you don't really think much. So you think the backup is just as good as the starter. Okay. I wouldn't have said that, but hey, okay. Okay. That's funny, man. Jay goes, who's your favorite football team? University of Miami. That's my favorite football team. When I was a kid, I covered the Giants or I watched the Giants because my uncle played there. Robustelli played there with the Giants. So, you know, I really don't have one. I love great football play. I love great teams. I love great action. I'm more of a fan of the game, Jay. You know, I grew up and then probably the Bucs because I played for the Bucs. 
That's see, I, I I'm not one of those guys, Jay. You know, I played for the Canes and I played for Tampa, so I kind of root for them because those are my teams, and those are the teams that I played for. But growing up was probably the Giants because of Robustelli. But other than that, I really don't root for a team. Like I, I love how some people go, "Well, you got to be a Cowboy fan." Eh, not really. I like the owner. I love the fact that Jimmy coached there, but not really a Cowboy fan. I think they've been overrated and overhyped for so long now, man. I mean, right? Got to win something to be considered good. Think Minshew's better than Hurts? I don't, Michael. I don't. Carson, are you real Carson? (laughs) Minshew would win 10 games? Easy. You think Minshew would win? How many games do you think Gardner Minshew would win? as a starting quarterback of the Eagles. he's a, Hey, do we agree with this? By the way, next opponent up, we've been going over the schedule of the Eagles, and the next opponent up is not really that much of an opponent. It's going to be the Texans. We'll talk about the Texans here in a second here, but how many games do you think Gardner Minshew wins if he's a starting quarterback? By the way, he's 1-0. 9-10 for sure. Three maybe. Steven says three. Hey, Mike says 11. Eastside Monster says five. Imposter Carson has red hair. (laughs) Out of the top 100 YouTube sports broadcasters, this show isn't named as one of them. There's a rating for you. I don't care, Joseph. Whatever. Congratulations. You're here. We just started this thing a year ago. Relax, guy. Relax. And by the way, Led Zeppelin didn't win a Grammy Award ever in the history of the bands when it was together with all four guys. They're the greatest rock and roll band of all time. They never won a Grammy. The Rock and Arnold Schwarzenegger never won an Academy Award, but they owned the heavyweight championship belt for revenue, for a movie, and for movie stars. (laughs) Okay? Hey, Jeremiah, Joseph thought he'd come here after checking that out to tell me that, like it would hurt my feelings. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, congratulations to you, brother. Okay? Way to go, dude. So you went out of your way to do some research to see where my show lined up to come back and tell me, awesome, I'm winning. That's what Charlie Sheen goes, winning! (laughs) Oh, man. Hey, Ryan. Yeah, hey, you think people in the media are ever going to rank this show in the top five or give me any kudos? When you read my Twitter page or you read the internet on how the media people treat us, congratulations to you. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, look at Joseph. Jayla just started a year ago. I'll relax when you relax. (laughs) Oh. I welcome Joseph. I don't want him to go. Absolutely not. I'm not trying to run anybody off. The Eagles band are the go. Hey, dude, I love the Eagles. 
more people probably know Eagle songs than any other song when they're in the car riding with their family, right? Okay? This is the top YouTube NFL weekly show. Easy money. Look at you, man. I lo- You guys got me, man. Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe I am Jalen. Joseph. Man. Madden disrespecting Jalen. Xander. Disrespecting Jalen. The internet disrespecting Sills and the National Football Show. Shit, man. Maybe this will throw a log on the fire for me. And I'm ready to rock. Big Sills. Fuck the haters. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Joseph. He goes like this. Hey, just wanted you to know how Jalen feels about <laughs> Hey, Joseph, say you're you're smiling with me. Say you're smiling with me and we're good. Say you're smiling with me. (laughs) Sills, you have great intangibles. Really know how to draw a crowd. You're a good dude. You show up to work on time. You never take any days off. Hey, I am Jalen Hurts. Oh, wait, I'm good, though. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, but the difference, Joseph, I'm good. Okay? I'm good. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't. I told you this before, shit-talking Eagle fan. Don't ever tell another man he's cute or he looks good in a shirt. It's not good. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing, man. (laughs) It's not a good thing. Damn. So wait a minute. Hey, hey, Joseph, wait a minute, though, man. Madden says that your quarterback sucks. Teddy Bridgewater and Baker Mayfield aren't even starting. And they got him ranked ahead of them. Jay, don't take it personal, people. I'll say anything with Twitter fingers. I personally don't agree with everything you say, but you have a great, you have a good show. Thank you, Jay. Jay, Joseph's kidding me. Okay. He's busting my stones. That's all you guys are. That's how all you dudes are. It's good. It's all good. G Cobb is today, Adam. Hour number three, though, 530 Eastern. Thank you for reminding me. Fox 29's Gary Cobb will be with us on the third hour at 530. Top of the shit stars. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The Bucks quarterback is washed up. Now. 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 The Bucks quarterback is washed up. Really? Who, Jameis? <laughs> uh, you're, 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 you're not talking to guy where it's 12, are you? You're, you're not. Tom, watch this. You want to hear something? Tom Brady could have the worst year of his entire career and not have any effect on his resume. Tom Brady could lead the NFL in interceptions this year. Tom Brady could have the worst completion percentage, the worst quarterback rating, and have no effect on his legacy. Zero. Zero. The Bucs could win two games this year. It'll have no effect on his 
legacy. None. That, that how about this? If Brady wins his eighth, that really won't have an effect on his legacy. You know what you're going to consider Tom Brady then? And I consider him today. Tom Brady is the same to me in the equivalent of a Bill Russell. He's a modern-day Bill Russell. Tom Brady's a modern-day Bill Russell, except he has records. Bill never was an offensive guy. He was more of a defensive guy. But all those championships he won at San Francisco when he was in college, back-to-back national titles, and then what he did with the Celtics, there's no coincidence that he won two national championships in college and then turned around and started winning with the Celtics. Have you ever heard of the Dons since Bill Russell was there? Maybe Bill Cartwright a couple times? Nobody, San Francisco Dons hoop, catch it. (laughs) Right? Tom Brady. Cilio wears a cup, can't break his stones. (laughs) Uh, uh, (laughs) Hey, that's what I do. I love it. Hey, I think that says Studon. Hey, Studon, that's a good one, man. Cilio wears a cup so you can't snap him off. Okay. Hey, hey, maybe that's what I should do a lot more of, man, is wear a cup when I do shows and such. I'll take Brady throwing left-handed over Jalen. <laughs> what up, Miguel? Hey, I'm Tom Brady left-handed over Jalen. Dude, come on, man. Come on. I can't wait for this year because I'm going to flat out tell you that dude is not going to get it done. And I know he's not. I'm here. Hey, Joseph, will you, will you highlight Joseph's right there, that last take? Xander, I want Joseph right here. I'm here every day. Tells you how much I hate the show. <laughs> Joseph. You have to be a Philly ass. (laughs) Because here's Xander. Hey, I hate Cilio, but I love the show. (laughs) Oh, man. Dude, that makes me feel... Joseph, you remind me of my boys back home. (laughs) Joseph goes like this. Big sales. I have the worst football disagreements in the barbershop. This is light work. Oh, I, I, I have to admit, though, barbershop barking can get into some hand, hand-to-hand combat. I hey, I've seen, I've seen some hand-to-hand combat in a barbershop. Okay, especially when you start talking Rocky Marciano versus Joe Lewis or Tyson versus Ali, right? Evander. Versus some of the modern day guys. I've seen some people's hands come to blow, man. When you're at a barbershop. So I'm going to give it to you, Joseph. Joseph's wife looks like Ron. Jo- <laughs> oh. um, hate people who love gatherings. Go get them, Stunan. All right. Let's take a look at, again, the next opponent up here. Oh, wait. By the way, boatload of topics here. Boatload of topics here. Boatload of topics. 
I cannot believe where Madden's got your boy there. All right, let's do this before we get, you know, the this Texans comment. It's not going to be very long, so I'll get to that here in a minute. Let's do this. Training camp starts tomorrow. Okay. What's the biggest concern going into training camp tomorrow for the Eagles on defense? Let me get a piece of paper here. What do you think the biggest concern is tomorrow? If you're just, oof, maybe I just said it. The biggest concern that we, how about this? The biggest concern that we have for the Eagles going into training camp tomorrow. D-line? Gannon. Cohesiveness and health. Okay? Playing together. That's like, these are great. Health? We're going to hit on all these because these are right. No, 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 Michael, on defense first. Let's, let's go defense. CB depth. Davis's condition. Okay. <laughs> Joseph, man. You are a barber. You are a barbershop shit talker. Edge rushers. Okay. Let's 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 hit on D-line Gannon. Playing together health and cornerback depth. Let's do the D-line. It's a good place to start. Is there concern on the on the D-line? Look, your interior with Fletcher. Here, I'll say this to you. Can Fletcher Cox get beat up by Jordan Davis this year? Probably not because Jordan's still figuring out how to be an NFL guy. But Fletcher Cox, by the way, okay? Fletcher Cox last year did not in any way have a great year. He did not have a great year. Um, That's a good point. I want to take a time out. I'm going to get back to that because you started out with D-line. We're going to go here. D-line, Gannon, playing together health, quarterback death. The, the concerns you have going into camp tomorrow starts tomorrow, okay? It does. It starts tomorrow. Hey, folks, my good friends at Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. The fee is free. That means this. They don't get paid, okay, unless you do. And if you're hurt or injured on the job, Morgan & Morgan is the place for you because they're the biggest law firm in the entire country. For the people, it's not a slogan. This is who they are, my friends. I've known John Morgan for over 30 years. They've collected over $13.5 billion worth of compensation for their clients. 800 attorneys strong. There's no such thing as a fender bender, and they will not be intimidated. Offices in Philly, New York, Florida, folks, it is second to none when it comes to defending your family's right on fair compensation. Like I said, they will not be intimidated. Call them 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation is free. 800-512-1600. Folks, they're open 24-7, seven days a week. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. 
When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to bite to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. ForThePeople.com Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show. Man, I got to tell you. Do the people in Washington love Carson Wentz? Wow, was he making an impression. Amazing. Hey. Well, maybe it's not amazing. Eventually got to get your shit together. 
eventually you've got to start looking in the mirror and going, well, even if it's not true, I need to change that perception of myself. He, you know what's funny? Carson Wentz is probably internally believing that he's not done anything wrong. But eventually somebody has to go to him, somebody in his team, Ron Rivera, somebody he trusts and say, you may be a great guy. But it doesn't matter unless they think you're a great guy. That's what playing the quarterback position is. To Jalen Hurts' credit, Jalen Hurts has convinced everybody he's the quarterback, even though he may not be. But he's convinced them. That's a trait and a talent. Do you know how Aaron Rodgers convinces people in Green Bay? Well, you think it's because of his glowing personality? Or do you think it's because when you watch that guy throw a ball, you go, okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't need that guy to be the best dude on the planet. I just need him to do that. That's why guys get away with it when you're a tool like he is. He gets away with it because you just do this. Yeah, okay, I understand now. He's not a great guy. I don't really care. Just keep doing that. Jalen has to do that. He has to convince. Carson does too now. Wentz has to do this, man. It's not important if you think you're a good dude. It's important that they think you're a good dude and a good leader and that you're going to be a special player in Washington. You can't walk into Washington if you're Carson Wentz doing this. I got a raw deal in Indy. The general manager didn't like me. And Phil, you can't do that anymore. You can't. Because the players are going to go, well, dude, it didn't work. This is your third team in three years. The law averages are not on your side. You've got to convince the dudes in your building to follow you. And so far, Wentz, I think he's getting it. Now, he starts playing some of that hero ball. All that equity that he built up will go right down the toilet. Like it did in Indy. Here, let's do this again here for Carson Wentz here. Carson Wentz threw for 3,700 yards, 27 touchdowns, seven picks, 94 quarterback rating, decent as quarterback, completion percentage. But he destroyed all of that play with the Jaguar game and the Titans game. Those two games are the reason that he's not in Indy any longer. And his best boy's there. The guy who completely fought for his ass. And Frank Wright, if you can't play for Frank, and he fought tooth and nail to get you into Indy, bro, you need to have a come-to-Jesus conversation with yourself. And that's why I'm saying this, okay? I'm going to give Carson Wentz the opportunity to be successful. You know why? Because he has been. Carson Wentz has 10 times the talent Jalen Hurts has. Okay? You know what's funny? Jalen Hurts' inability is in his talent. If you could just put Jalen Hurts' head on Carson Wentz's body, you'd have the perfect quarterback. You'd have the perfect QB. Give me Jalen's intangibles, put him on Wentz, and you're talking about a Tom Brady kind of player. 
The difference is, though, between the two guys, Carson, I think, could get better as a teammate. I don't think Jalen could get better as a passer. It's just my observation. Carson will win every non-relevant game. He may. That's what Jalen did a year ago. He won every game that didn't matter. Jay goes like this. You know what's funny? That seems like a stupid comment, Jay, but Hurts has talent, just not an arm. And I get what you're saying. And I totally get what you're saying. I've been saying if Jalen had Carson's talent, he's an MVP. Absolutely. I didn't want to let Wentz go. It was all the drunk owner. I happen to agree. Idiotic take of the day goes to Sills. What's that? That you think Jalen Hurts has more talent than Carson Wentz? I'll keep with that. That's a fact. You Are you trying to suggest to me that you think, okay, are you trying to tell me you think Jalen Hurts has more passing ability than Carson Wentz? Not, it's not close. Lenny goes, the Colts put all their failures on Wentz, and it was wrong. Ursay was raging on painkillers. <laughs> uh, oh, no. Paul Sorvino died? Polly from the Goodfellas? Now I got to turn my back on you. Here's $500. Now I got to turn my back on you. Wentz is weak-minded quarterback. So was McNabb. So was McNabb. <laughs> hey, 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 Xander, who had who was more weak in the mind, Wentz or McNabb? Silio, <laughs> you ever whacked anybody? <laughs> um, let me think. I've been accused of pretty much everything, Lenny, but no, not that. I haven't whacked anybody. He can use his talent. He just tries to, to use it too much. <laughs> right. Wentz. You kidding me, man? I feel Sills could throw hands. Held a heavyweight championship for about seven years. I've been I'm undefeated now, and I retired like Rocky Marciano. But I, 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 I'm a lover now, not a fighter. So I'm retired now, brother. Jay, back in the day, I was tremendous throwing hands, but not any longer. I'm more of a lover. McNabb has Hall of Fame numbers. Wentz has no playoff wins on seven years. Shit, Matthew Stafford had one playoff win. So, so Wentz doesn't have Hall of Fame numbers? He doesn't, you don't think? So you th- you you think that Donovan has Donovan McNabb has better numbers than Wentz? Carson Wentz stats. Okay, really? You think Carson Wentz has less stats than McNabb? Interesting. Carson Wentz. 
starting quarterback. One, two, three, four, five, six. In six years, Carson Wentz is 20,000 passing yards. 140 touchdowns and 57 interceptions. That's a two-to-one almost. It is. Okay? It is two-to-one. That's what you want in any quarterback. Let's take a look at Donovan McNabb. Donovan McNabb stats. McNabb has thrown for 37,000 yards in 12 years. This guy's already at 20,000 passing yards in six or five, I think it was. Come on, man. When Carson Wentz is done, he'll have about 45,000 passing yards and about 300 passing touchdowns. And it'll make McNabb's numbers look stupid. When, when Wentz leaves the game, shit, Ryan Fitzpatrick has better numbers than, than uh, Donovan McNabb. Right? <laughs> yeah. I think he's got like 38,000 passing yards or something like that. He's got more passing yards. I bet you Ryan Fitzpatrick has more passing yards than Donovan McNabb. And he played on nine different teams. It wasn't like McNabb put up giant numbers. He didn't. McNabb had a pretty good TD INT ratio too. So does Wentz. Reed made McNabb happen. Wentz made 2007 happen. Wentz might be done this year. Highly doubtful. If Nate Peterman and what is his name? Nate Sudfeld are still in the league, Carson Wentz will have a job. Hey, I was telling Xander, Chase Daniels, that guy's made $65 million holding a cup. McNabb is the Eagles' all-time leading passer. I think that tells you all you need to know about your history, your, your freaking quarterbacks. Wentz is going to have a great year this year, Daniel. And it's really starting off well in Washington there. I like it. PSU, Wentz will get injured. And I think he played almost every game last year, didn't he? Didn't he play it? All right, let me get into the next opponent here for the uh, – actually, I want to do that at the top. I want to get back to going on to what we were talking about. I asked you guys what – I wanted to start on the defensive side. What were your biggest concerns going into training camp tomorrow? Training camp starts tomorrow. We started with the D-line. And you guys put out D-line, Gannon, playing together, health, and cornerback depth. Let me let me finish up on the D-line here. Um, is it a concern? How are you going to use Hassan Reddick? Don't put him inside. How are you going to rush the... Who are going to be your edge setters? Are you going to be traditionally in third and long in a forefront? Wide five, wide seven? I don't think so much it's talent. Okay? I don't, I don't, I don't think it's so much talent. I do think it's, it's going to be 
how these guys are going to perform and are they going to be it's got to start with run stopping and they got the horses to do that listen i'm going to say this to you guys i don't mind giving up 300 yards 400 yards passing i can't give up 175 yards rushing you could beat a team that throws for a lot of yards you can't beat a team that runs for a lot of yards if you can't stop the run, you have no chance of winning ball games. And you're not going to be taking on a lot of big premium passing games. Early on, you may be. Okay? Then you get in the middle of the schedule, you get Aaron Rodgers, you get uh, Matt Ryan, you get Carson in there. But then after the Titans game, it's Giants, Bears, Dak, Saints with Jameis, and then Giants again. You're going to have to rush them. I would say this to you, that the, the Eagles, it's going to be a concern for me if they improve on their sack game and if they improve on that sack number. They're going to have to improve on the sack number. Okay? Setting the edges, stop the run. Let's stop the run first. And then, because you know why? I'm going to get to Gannon next. Because it kind of goes into the defensive front. Let me go into Gannon. How is Gannon going to put all these pieces together in the front seven? Does he know how to use Hassan Redick? Um, how are you going to use your rotation? Where's Jordan Davis fit in this? Are you going to blitz this year? No blitzing? you got two professional corners now. Are you going to play more press? I'll get to the secondary here in a minute. But Gannon is clearly a wild card here, okay? D-line, how they're going to be used, and Gannon, his approach on how he's going to use them. Greg says his scheme is the biggest concern. You know what, too, Greg? I would say this to you. Don't be too complicated. Don't be too complicated. Make it simple first. That was the big concern that Fletcher had last year, they're coming at them with all these different schemes and techniques, and it was too complicated. My opinion, I think you go in with base defense and you build off that because you have so much skill. You're trying to figure people's roles out here. You're trying to figure out who best suits on third and long or on first and second. You got to figure all that out. Who's my best personnel groupings? Am I going to have a rotation that's going to go how deep? Gannon's got to figure all that out. By the way, I would say this to you. Jonathan Gannon, of all the people in the Novacare Center, in my opinion, I think he's going to have the biggest spotlight on him. Him and Jalen Hurts this year for 2022. Those two guys have to get better for that team to do anything this year during the regular season. He has to. And some, and you know what people gave him the pass at? People gave him the pass last year because, well, the Eagles didn't have a lot of talent. Eh, I don't think they sucked last year. Would they give up 22 points a game? I don't think they were exceptionally horrible. Okay, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't go like this. Sack total stunk. I give you that. The sack total stunk. Okay, but I wouldn't go like this. Eh, you know, that team was just terrible. 
schematically and also talent. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about that, man. So I, I'm not, I'm not the one that's going to give him an ultimate pass going, well, last year sucked because he didn't have the personnel. You know, I mean, you're an NFL coach, bro. Show me. You look like you belonged in a high school. So, they've got to... They've got to be able to move around a lot, in my opinion. And you got to use that personnel that you have. Somebody wrote down playing together and health. This is clearly going to be an issue here. Let me show you guys why this is a problem here. How are you going to get the reps when you're only going to be using organized team practices with other teams as a basis to figure out your personnel groupings and also it's not quality reps. When you scrimmage against another team and it's a controlled scrimmage, those aren't quality reps compared to a preseason game. And albeit, preseason games blow. They're no good. I'm with you. NFL now plays three because they're playing that extra NFL game, the 17th game. That's why they've cut it down to three. Shit, we used to play as many as five to six back in the day. They don't do that anymore. Okay. So how are you getting quality reps to figure out what your personnel grouping is going to be playing together? Look, practicing, scrimmaging, all of that is good, but those aren't quality reps. And the Eagles main concern is getting to September. They're not concerned about playing together. They're not concerned about groupings. They're not concerned. That's ego talking too. I think you have to have quality reps. I think you've got to be in a game that matters, kind of. And a game that kind of matters is preseason. So they're gambling on health. The back end of the other one, playing together in health. Health is more of a priority to them than playing together early. They figure they're going to be better by the end of the year and healthier. That's what happened last year. And get, get this, I can't say that they're wrong because it worked out last year like that. So they get the benefit of the doubt. I can't go like this. That's a dumb way to do it. How many people have come on the program and all gone, Sills, you know they need reps. I get it, and I, and I agree. However, they won that argument last year. They're going with health, okay? They're going with health over playing together. I, I, I'm a big believer that you've got to be able to do both, okay? I am. Jay says it's a mistake not playing Hurts in the preseason. I completely agree with you, okay? Give the starters a few series in preseason. Well, Maniac, you're a superstar then. Congratulations to you. <laughs> and we love you too, Maniac. Congratulations, you're a superstar. Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. We all know it. I think Nick has to ramp up as far as reps. But will they let him? That's my concern. You've heard everybody from Nick Sirianni and Howie Roseman say they're not going to have a lot of the first team playing in the exhibition games. Okay? They're not. The other one that you guys brought up was cornerback depth. Let me show you this. 
So if Darius Slade goes down, who takes over? Who takes over? Can you guys tell me if Slade Slade gets hurt, who takes over? They're limited back there. There's not a lot of talent back there. James Bradbury was good two years ago. We're hoping he looks a little like that from two years ago. Slade was great last year. Okay? I don't think the secondary was great. Every big-time quarterback beat the pants off you. Looked like they belonged in the Hall of Fame. Every big-time quarterback that played against the Eagles last year made that thing look like it was JV and made Jonathan Gannon's system look awful. So, I mean, when somebody goes Slade played great, that whole unit got destroyed last year by guys like Derek Carr. They were destroyed. I mean... People were completing 78% completion percentage, 90% completion percentage. Some of the biggest numbers in history. Slay needs to stay healthy. What team has good depth at corner? Yeah, but you know what, Jess? You're right. Not a lot of teams have good depth at corner, but you know what they have? They've got Bill Belichick. Okay. They have a good coordinator, an experienced coordinator. And Jess, if Bill Belichick loses a corner, you okay with him? If Nick Sirianni and Jonathan Gannon lose a corner, are you all right with that? That's kind of maybe where I needed to go a little bit more so it landed for you. If if Nick Saban, excuse me, if... Bill Belichick loses a defensive player. I'm probably going to be okay with that. If Todd Bowles loses a defensive player, I'm going to be okay with that. If Jonathan Gannon loses somebody, I'm not. Okay, I'm not good with that. Because I don't believe he could cover. How many times did we see when someone got hurt in New England or somebody left like, um, any, any of them, Stefan Gilmore or any of those kind of players, Belichick was able to get more pressure on the quarterback, or you would have other guys in free and strong taking over for some of the deficiencies because of a lack of a talent. When Darrell Rivas left, they didn't, they didn't skip a beat because the guy had a great scheme in the building. Gigi goes like this, I'd hire Fangio and Mike, Mike Zimmer's a great defensive guy. Carr went 31 of 34, I believe, totally unaccepted. Completely, man. He had a 90% completion percentage. So, again, my question, and see, look at this. When you say cornerback depth, it's true. But you have to all go back to Gannon. Dude, you lose anybody on that defense, is that coordinator good enough to cover for your lack of talent at particular positions? So this guy has to have a perfect world to have a perfect scheme? That's not the guy I want calling defenses for me. That's not the guy. Dallas has Dan Quinn. We have Jonathan Gannon. That's a mismatch. Washington has Ron Rivera. We have Jonathan Gannon. 
That's a mismatch. You understand that, right? Dan Quinn versus Jonathan Gannon? Are you kidding? Ron Rivera versus Jonathan Gannon. Really? (laughs) It's not close. Those guys are experienced. And you got Jack Del Rio in Washington. You got Del Rio and Ron as D coordinators versus Jonathan Gannon. Okay. If Ron loses a guy or if Dan Quinn loses a dude, they're going to cover it. They're going to come up with something different schematically. Jonathan Gannon, he couldn't come up with shit last year. And now, here's the conversation. You want to hear something else? Here's the conversation we're having. Well, can Jonathan Gannon put all the pieces together for it to be... What? Since when does a D coordinator, that become a problem because you have too many players and some really good skilled guys on your roster and on your side of the ball? Since when is that a problem? If you're good, find a spot for them. Justin goes, every time I come to this channel, I'm, where am I bashing? I'm asking you what your concerns are Going into training camp tomorrow, SN, it's all it was. It's not bashing. That You don't have a question on a defensive coordinator from a year ago? You don't. You don't have a question on your team depth, at corner. You don't have a question mark that they're not going to practice in the exhibition season. Really? Okay. By the way, we are going to do the positives. We are. Okay. Do me a favor. What are the, we're going to go offense, strengths, and weaknesses. We are going to talk about the Texans. That is week number nine. We're going to do that in our number two. Don't forget also our three, Gary Cobb. 5.30 Eastern time from Fox 29. Now we're going to flip it over. What are the strengths you think on this Eagle team going into camp tomorrow? Hour two. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of Life. First Trust Bank is there for you.
Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show Hour 2, your boy Big Sills. Please hit the like button. Man, how in the world can Madden rank Justin Fields to a Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, Baker Mayfield, Jimmy G, and Ryan Tannehill ahead of Jalen? Man, that's some sad shit, man. Baker Mayfield and Teddy Bridgewater don't even have a job. They're not starting. They're both backups. Teddy's a backup in Miami, and Baker's a backup in Carolina. Damn! I don't know. Jesus. (laughs) Oh, boy. By the way, Houston Texans, we've been going through all the games that the Eagles are going to play. That's your Week 9 opponent. Tomorrow, we're going to look at the Colts. The Packers this week, the Titans, maybe the Gigantes. Okay, we'll take a look at that. We're also looking at strengths and weaknesses on defense. We did the weaknesses in the last hour. We're going to do the strengths here in a second. Also, offensively, we'll get to that here in a minute. Hey, Sills, at least he's top 10 in speed. Congratulations, man. Way to run it. How you doing, baby? Seals is getting ready to start the churn. How you doing? Texans had a good draft. And by the way, I think the Texans are led by some pretty good people. They're friends of mine. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Okay, we will. All right. What do you think the strengths are of this defense going into training camp tomorrow? God, I love that. We're going into training camp tomorrow. Damn. Hey. Ain't no more, man. Waiting around. We're here, dude. Practice. You're going to get a chance to watch it on the NFL Network. Here you go. Linebackers versatility. 
LB's versatility. Okay. LB's in D-line. Okay. The big boys like that. I may start there. Front seven. Christmas Eve for Sills. Michael, hey, you're right. It's Christmas Eve, man. All the rest of the shows are talking Phillies and Kevin Garnett. <laughs> I had no interest in that. <laughs> Zero interest in that. Zero. I'd rather talk about Baker Mayfield, and he sucks, than talk about where Kevin Durant lands. Go on one of your burners, dog. It's all good. Let me start with the big boys. I like the big boys. You know what's really great about the Eagle big boys? They're freaking athletic. Jordan Davis, I mean, 478, 338, whatever it was, 340. Fletcher Cox, Hardgrave, those are some big dudes in the middle. Plus, Milton Williams, that kid's a 500-pound bencher. There's some horses in there. I'll tell you this. When you guys go from, like, state to state, you're going to have to get one of those C-140s to take your team from game to game. Hey, hey, Xander, they're going to need a C-140 to take that team around the country. Not, not a regular 747. That might be the biggest team in the league. And they're big everywhere. Wide receiver. Dude, when that Eagle team lines up against you on offense and defense, you're going to look at that and go, holy shit. You better have some rocks in your pocket or these dudes are going to move you off the ball. That's a big team, man. Carolina, New England, those are traditionally your biggest teams in the league every year. Every year, Belichick likes big, giant guys, man. Don't have to be the tallest, but you got to be 332, like the Vince Young guy or the um, uh, Vince Wolfert type of guys like that, right? Big dude. He likes big dudes. Carolina's enormous. 49ers are a big group. Big dudes beat up little dudes. Always happens. Okay. Um, A380. It's a C130. Thanks, Timothy. Didn't get my airplanes uh, chronologically put in order there. It's a C130. Thank you, brother. Joseph Sills, how fast did you run at the combines? 481. I didn't do combines because uh, underclassmen. Joseph couldn't go to the combines back in my time. So they came to you at your pro day and I ran a 481. I was 388 and I ran a 481. Shit, this was 35 years ago. Um, Jason says the defense is going to be crazy. Let me just say this to you, dude. Um, You got some big dudes in the middle and athletic and good and talented. Stopping the run has to be the number one priority for the team. 
stopping the run, okay? Stopping the run. Then you can work off your pass rush and everything else and playing press coverage. Michael goes, damn, you're old. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. So interior-wise, the big dudes really like that. You guys got some really talented big guys. Who do you think is going to who, – who's going to play in the 43, in your opinion, to sit the edge and pass rush? By the way, don't say Hassan Redick. Hassan Redick is not going to be in a traditional 43 front. They're going to move him off the linebacker. He's going to be part of the 43 wide linebackers. Okay, you're going to play a 43. But my question is, you may have to play a five somehow. You've got to put him in there. You cannot play Hassan Redick in a 34 front. Okay? You can't. This here lies the dilemma of how Jonathan Gannon, once again, has to implement him. Okay? Putting him in, how are you doing that? Can't play him on first and second down. Get that guy killed. Can't play him inside. So you think Graham and Sweat are going to be your interior ends? Are they good enough to set the edge? Are they good enough pass rushers, Graham? And you think Graham and Sweat are good enough to get pressure on the quarterback? So interior-wise, until we can figure out Jordan Davis, you're going to have Sweat, Fletcher, Hardgrave, and Graham. How many sacks you see with those four guys? I'm not talking about Hassan Reddick yet. Okay? Sweat, Fletcher, Hardgrave, Graham. How many sacks do you see with those four guys? Whew. Let's go five with Sweat. Fletcher, three. Hardgrave, eight. Graham, six. 22 sacks between that front four. You had, you, hey, Gigi, you had 23, I had 22. Okay? I'm not counting linebackers yet because I'm Hassan Reddick. I'm counting on him to get 12. That puts you at 34. That puts you just potentially outside the top 10. You're going to be there. You're going to be sniffing it. Because I think he's going to get double digits too. Okay? Are they going to blitz? The kid from Kansas, what's his role going to be? Six to seven for Graham? That'd be a breakout year for him. Okay? Sweat will be double digits? Has he... Here's why I have a problem with that, Dank. I don't see him as an every-down guy. He hasn't shown me yet. He can play first and second down and be an effective pass rusher. He doesn't look like an every-down guy yet. I have more confidence Milton Williams is an every-down guy than I do that Sweat is an every-down guy. He just doesn't come off as an every-down dude to me. Pickin', I think the kid from Kansas is a sleeper, too. I think he could have a role on this football team, pass rushing. Sweat will probably get eight to nine sacks. Wow. Dude, he gets eight to nine sacks playing traditionally only on third and long. That's a great year. 
Joseph says, where Gannon Lyons Reddick up is going to tell me a lot. Sills, man, if Gannon does some stupid stuff, I mean, look, I, I, I'm with you, man. I, where are you playing Reddick? You guys are telling me. Watch this. Sweat, Fletcher, Hardgrave, and Gannon. Now, I got a question for you guys. You don't think this guy is going to try to put that team in a 34, do you? And take your strength away and believe that his core of linebackers with Kaiser White, TJ, find a spot for Nicobe. Okay? See, to me, you guys keep telling me you're strong at linebacker. Eh, I don't know about that. You're strong up front. You can become strong in your linebacker core. You got to put as many. Dude, your talented group on defense is your defensive front. It's not your linebackers. You may have got better. I don't know that yet. How is Nicobe going to work in? Hey, listen, I'm with everybody. I think this guy's going to be a player. I also happen to like this kid, TJ Edwards. I think he changed that whole entire linebacking core around. By the way, this guy's here white. According to Tom Telesco, he was a tackling machine last year for the Chargers. So I'm not, you know, I'm getting more sold on him with every person I talk to about this kid white. Don't go to sleep on this guy's here white kid. This kid may end up being your most, how about this? He may be, your most consistent linebacker all year long this year, this kid White. They're saying he's a good ball player. I say what Edwards in a 52 front. Have him be the run stopper. What team holds a single season sack record? I'm not, I'm not sure of that. I'm not sure of that. I'm not sure. So again, the linebackers strength. It upgraded. It upgraded. Your strength of your football team is your front, though. So we talked a little bit about the weaknesses, and now we talked about the strength. By the way, this is the side of the ball that I've told you. This is the reason why I'm high on the Eagles. I'm, I'm high on the talent. I'm not high on the coaching. I don't like the coaching. As a matter of fact, of all the coaches in the NFC East, I think the Eagles got the least experienced defensive coaches of any coaching staff in the East. That says a lot. Okay. Coaching staff in Dallas is exceptional. Coaching staff in Washington is exceptional. Not so much, probably comparable. Brian Dable's going to put together a good coaching staff. He's got equity in the building and he's got equity in the league. Everyone knows who Brian Dable is. So when he picks a phone up and brings in a D coordinator, coordinator's going to put the phone next to his ear and he's going to listen because he has that equity. Sirianni had no equity. That's why Jonathan Gannon's in the building. Jonathan Gannon would never have gotten that job. Watch this. Jonathan Gannon would never be the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles if Doug Peterson were the head coach. That would never happen. That would never happen. You're not hiring a training wheels guy to come in and coach your defense after Jim Schwartz. Look at what Doug Peterson had in the building. Doug Peterson had Frank Reich, had Jim Schwartz on his coaching staff. Jesus, criminy. The experience factor alone 
in coaching put your players in an easy place. Jim Swartz, Frank Reich, Doug Peterson. Man, I'm pretty good. Deuce Staley, right? I'm pretty good with that staff. I feel good, man. When I walk into a building that my guys know where we're going. I walk into the building and I'm a defensive player walking into NovaCare Center and walking into camp tomorrow. I'm doing this. How's this guy going to figure this out? We're going to have to help him. That's okay, too. If there's an open-door policy on that, that's okay, too. Okay, that's okay. As long as it's being received. And it was a year ago. They were 2-5. and five. They changed the room around. And it, they... Sirianni and his staff get the pass because they did it. Picking goes, you have to be creative with this talent. Picking, I think you've got to be simpler with this talent. Don't confuse anybody. You've got a lot of new faces. Why would I throw? Watch this. I'm going to show you guys something here. Why you have to make it simple. Picking. I think you got to think the direct opposite. Watch this. And I'm going to put this in terms of countries. James Bradbury from China. Kaiser White from Portugal. Jordan Davis from France. Um, Hassan Reddick from Lithuania. And the reason I'm saying that, those guys know one language. On where they were, and there's James Bradbury. Like I said, these guys know one language because they were at one place. Now they've got to learn a brand new language in Philly. It's not that easy. You're constantly going like this. Am I doing the right thing? Is this what he's asking me to do? Is that what the scheme is? Is that what the technique is? Techniques are completely different. So you got five people that spoke five different languages last year in your group. That's not as easy as you think just to come together. So what is the simplest way? Make it simple. Line up here. And then you can move your own techniques. And when a guy like Gannon, if he's smart... He sees how Bradbury plays press. He likes, you, you know, you know what Darrell Rivas used to do on press? It's a technique that was so brilliant. Here's the sidelines over here. He would take this hand here. He would constantly jam you and force you to the sidelines. He was so physically gifted and such a great backpedaler that Rivas would jam you. And even if you tried that inside release on him, you're not getting around Darrell Rivas. He'd push you to the sidelines. Shit, by the time you're down the field 10 yards, you got one yard to work. That's why nobody completed passes on him. He would move you physically to the sidelines. How many times did you watch players catching passes out of bounds against Darrell Rivas? It's because it's the jam push. And he would force you up the field. And he was so good in his hips, couldn't get around him. That's not something Jonathan Gann is going to teach anybody. But if you're smart, you allow these guys to create their techniques being simple.
Andrew, simplify things and play. The more you, hey, Andrew, the more you simplify it, the more you simplify it, the more aggressive you can play. Hey, picking, Troy Vincent was exceptional at that. Exceptional. Oh, by the way, it's a technique that Belichick taught him. Where do you think they got it from? That's why when I tell you, when you lose a corner in New England, eh, Bill's there. You lose a corner in Philly, Gannon's there. I don't know. (laughs) Okay, right? You're like, hey, man. Dion says, they said Reed was, hey, hey, Dion, that's as good as you can say, man. That guy had that grown man strength, man. He just moved you to the sidelines. And it was like he crowded you up on it too, man, pushing you over on it. And by the time you turned to the ball, you had a yard. And he's sitting up there defending that. And the ref's not going to give you that autonomy because he's moved you off your line and he's moved you more to the um, the out-of-bounds mark. That's why nobody for like six years threw on Revis. This guy muscled you out of bounds. Those are the great – Dion just beats you with tremendous speed. That guy beats you on strength. Who, who's that guy? Who's that guy in Arizona that used to do that? What's that textbook? Greg, Rebus was textbook. What was that guy's name in Arizona that used to do that to Michael Irvin all the time? Aeneas Williams. Aeneas Williams was the real first guy that I really started seeing with that, with that technique. Because he would push them big dudes out of bounds. And Aeneas Williams would kind of crowd you on the line of scrimmage like that. Then he would turn you to the line, and he kind of like started muscling you up. Revis took it to a new. Revis took it to a new level. Look, overall, my prediction for the Eagle defense. I think the Eagle defense is absolutely improved. Here, watch this. I think they're improved personnel wise. What does that mean? I really don't know yet. Okay? Here, I'm going to I'll give you guys one 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 last before we take a time out here. So when I was drafted by the Bucks, I was a three technique D tackle. They brought me in the um the Ray Perkins and the old Alabama coaching staff that they had there. By the way, love Ray Ray drafted me. He also drafted Lawrence Taylor. Remember something? So when Ray Perkins, hey, hey, Xander, your Alabama guy, Ray Perkins, I can always say this. Well, Ray Perkins was the head of personnel in New York. You know who he drafted? Lawrence Taylor. You know who else he drafted? Me. Okay? But the problem with that was, was with me, I was a three-technique D-tackle. I got up the field. I did penetration. I didn't do two-gap stuff. When they asked me to come to Tampa, I had never played nose guard in my life. I'm not the tallest guy on the planet. But I played like Warren Sapp, 6'1". Aaron Donald, 6'1". Vince Wolfert, 6'1". All those, Cortez Kennedy was 6'1". All those D-tackles, Jerome Brown was 6'2". All those DTs that played at UM, Russell Maryland. 6'1". 
we were all those shorter guys. And we played three technique. We weren't going to play a one gap or a zero gap or a two gap to keep the linebackers free. What if you have shitty linebackers? We got to get up the field. Man, I got to Tampa Bay. Everything that I had done in college was for shit. And I was not a good nose guard. I never played it. This is my concern with Jonathan Gannon. Okay? This is my concern with Gannon. How are you going to put Reddick? Where are you putting him? Where, where, where do all these pieces fit? Okay? Andrew says, yes, Williams was absolutely great. Had that technique, man, at Troy Vincent and Darrell Revis. Rod Woodson maybe did it a little bit too. They would muscle you to the side. They were just so giftedly strong, man. Hey, don't forget, traditionally we have Gary Cobb here at 4.30 on Mondays. He's got an event that he's doing in Philly, so he's on at 5.30 today, Eastern time. So that'll be an hour number three. Let's take a look at the offense. We did the strengths and weaknesses of the defense. Now we're going to do the weakness of the offense. We'll do that first, and then we'll do the strength of the offense and we'll get all into that. Please hit the like button. Guys, don't forget my friends at Morgan & Morgan where the fee is free. Always means this. They are not going to get paid unless your family gets the fair compensation it deserves. They've been doing this for over 30 years. Getting the compensation if you've been hurt or injured on the job, protecting you and your family's rights. This is what Morgan & Morgan is all about. For the people, it's not a slogan. Like I said, I've known John for over 30 years. They've collected over $13.5 billion worth of compensation and are the biggest firm in the country. And I promise you when I say this, nobody goes into a courtroom underprepared or anything when it comes to Morgan & Morgan. They are there to fight for you. The biggest firm in the country is there to fight for you. You got it, man. 800 strong attorneys in offices in Philly, New York, Florida, all across the country. Folks, call them. 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free, the consultation's free, and they're open 24-7, seven days a week. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, you tell them Big Sale sent you. I'm John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan. When you're hit from behind in a car crash, the insurance company may try to say, you can't possibly be hurt. It was only a few miles an hour. It's simply not true. You see, here's the thing. Getting hit at 10 miles per hour is like falling off of this. 15 miles per hour, like this. And only 25 miles per hour, this. Injured, dial pound law. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And the Oz. Go for the bubbles. And the bubbly. Go for the story. And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show, Big Sills. Please hit the like button. I'm looking in my bookshelves here. I I, I saw something today. By the way, we're going to get into weaknesses and strengths of the offense. I still have to get to the Texans. That'll be the week. What is it? Week nine opponent for the Eagles. We'll get all into that. I saw that Jim Mersey. Bought Muhammad Ali's WC heavyweight championship belt for six million bucks. It's the belt that was put on his waist when he beat Foreman in Zaire. And I've got a signed 
I've got a signed book from Angelo and Angelo Dundee and Ali himself. And I got it somewhere over here. I'm going to try to find it and show it to you guys. Angelo Dundee gave me this book and I had Ali sign it. And Angelo used to live in the Tampa area. And what was cool about it was, is that Jimmy Johnson used to bring Ali and Angelo over to our practices. And dude, I got to tell you, because he'd always go down to Miami because that's where Angelo's gym was. And all of a sudden you see this guy get out of Cadillac, man. And here's Ali and Angelo. We're in the middle of practice. We're like, okay. Jerome goes like this to me. The goat's here. I'm like, oh, everyone, dude, you can't practice when Muhammad Ali's on the practice field. Okay. And by the way, he used to bring guys like Sugar Ray Leonard around, or he'd bring people like Foreman around, Jimmy Johnson, uh, Hector Camacho. He brought John Mugabe around the beast. He used to bring, he's a huge fan of the fight game. And Ali used to always float around Miami. He'd go down to the gym, stop over at the Miami. He, he's a big Hurricane fan. So, man, this guy walks into the – he just starts talking shit to us. This is – I'm going to always tell you, Jimmy's got a book out called Swagger now. And I used to always tell everyone, man, there may have only been one Ali, but when we played at UM, we were all Ali's. We all wanted to be Muhammad Ali. We talked shit. We played hard. Jimmy loved it, man. We were barking. We were trash talking. We were winning, though. And Coach Johnson loved it. That's why I put out there, man. I mean, this book that he has out there, Swagger, I don't know what that is, you know, but I just know this. If Swagger means going out and kicking people's asses and talking shit doing it, that was me. (laughs) And that was us. But when you saw that guy, Ali, man, he'd walk in there, you might, who you think he was? You coming in here and you mess. Ali would start doing the rope. Oh man, he was so electric. I tell my daughter to this day, the greatest absence in the last 40 years had to have been the fact that Ali was silent. Because when I grew up, man, those press conferences he had, the press conferences... You think this guy, Conor McGregor, puts a great press conference on? Come on, man. Not Muhammad. My favorite athlete of all time, Muhammad Ali. Over-delivered and the greatest. The champ is here. The champ is here. So Ursay paid $6 bucks for that belt. I, I'm going to find that. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i show it to you guys. Ali signed it and... Um, it's 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 paintings that his daughter did. They did they made a book over it. Dude, I've got so many autographed books and things and signed and people signed here. You know, hey, I think I found something else you guys would like. I got a picture back here. You guys remember Conrad Dobler? Guy used to bite people. Anyway. I found that I'm sitting here cleaning my shelf because we're trying to like fix the place up because my daughter's 21st birthday is this week. And we're trying to fix the joint up. And so I found this Conrad Dobler. Big Sills, if I played against you, I'd have chewed your ear off. 
<laughs> I'm like, I get it, you know. Uh, oh, I, I, I met Duran. Hey, hey, Manster. How I met Roberto Duran, my wife met him. I'm getting ready to play arena football at the MGM Grand Garden. He was going to fight the next night. I'm standing here in the runway Friday before the game because we're going to play the next day. Then he fights the next day. I'm standing here. He comes walking up and he looks over. He goes, so when do you guys play? I go, oh, we play um, the day after you. My wife goes like this. Excuse me, are you Roberto Duran? He goes, yeah. I go, wow. Roberto Duran just walks up. He goes, when do you guys play? I'm going, okay. Oh, dude. Dude, that belt though, man. I got to tell you, owning the WBC 1974 Zaire belt when he beat Foreman, Foreman had that thing on. And then the night they put it on him in Zaire. Um, yeah, right? Think about that, man. This guy, that's the belt from Zaire, the Rumble in the Jungle. Whew. Wow. All right. Let's get into the, let's start with the offense. Let's start the offense. What's the weaknesses of the offense? I'm going to leave it up to you guys on what we're going to hit on. We did the plus and the minuses of the defense in the last hour. What do you think the – we'll start with the weakness of the offense is. Quarterback. How about instead of we turn this thing into a jailing bashing segment here? Passing game. Okay. Can we say that? Let's not turn it into it. I don't want to turn this into a Jalen Hurts bashing session. So let's just do the passing game one. Okay. What else? I added, I added two things to it. I'm going to tell you what it, that running back depth at tight end Tony says quarterback and running game I think that's pretty much it how about this do you guys think there's enough depth at wide receiver? I'm talking offense here, double O. We did last hour the defense. I think the play calling might got better. I think the play calling got better after the two and five start, actually. You guys think the wide receiving core is deep. If A.J. Brown goes out or if Devontae goes out, See, I don't think you're very deep there. Depth. And here's why I'm not going where the O-line. You know why? I think you got the best offensive line coach in the National Football League. This guy knows talent, and I think he could develop talent, and I think he knows how to find talent. Okay? I think you're, 
I think your offensive line coach, if anybody goes down, there's always going to be a replacement. Hey, Xander, how long did Jeff Stoutland, how long did he last at, at Alabama? And by the way, I think that Mario Cristobal took over for him when, when he left for Philly. Or maybe it was reversed. Stoutland took over for Mario when Mario took the Oregon job. I don't remember how that worked. Because Mario was there. I think their paths, I don't think they crossed when they were there. I, I Either Mario took over for Stoutland. I'm not sure how that worked out. but Or Stoutland took over for Mario. Because Mario won a couple national championships at Alabama as an offensive line coach. So remember something about Cristobal. Cristobal knows old line guys. He's great at it. Okay. GT. What up, brother? Appreciate your coming in, man. Thank you so much. Please hit the like button. Everybody. All teams lack wide receiver depth. Um, I don't know about that. I don't think the Rams are lacking it. Okay. I don't think so. Bengals aren't that. Yeah, there's another one. Okay. Let's go over the weaknesses here a little bit of the offense going into camp tomorrow. And we all agree the passing game has to improve. Well, why don't we do this? Let's not talk about the deep passing game. Let's just improve on something that's right in front of us. Dude, the slot game and the screen game are terrible in Philly. That's something that should be a no-brainer for this offense. You have built-in play action. Why? Because you were number one in rushing. Why are they not using that? The slot passing game. Tom Brady made a career out of throwing in the slot. Tom Brady made a career out of throwing the backs. Why does this team refuse to throw screen passes? It is built into the offense. You were the top rushing attack in the league. Everyone has to take advantage of that in uh, in Philly. The Eagle passing game at no time last year took advantage of the passing game with the fact that you were the number one rushing attack. Play action was wasted last year. Completely wasted. Tell you this, I'm playing against the Eagles. I'm going to keep my chin down because they're going to run me off the ball. And they're a top running attack. Well, what's that mean? I'm a step slower. Never utilized it. Screen game has to improve this year. What guy, hey, can somebody find this stat out for me? What running back had the most pass receptions last year in Philly? Who had the top pass catches as a running back in Philadelphia in 17 games last year? Can somebody please find that stat out? 
Because I can't think it's high. Okay? I can't think it's high. But they, they've got to improve that. Dude, watch this. A really great passing offense, you'll have a back with at least 60 catches. 60. This kid that's up in um, Detroit, he may have 80 this year. I think he's going to lead the NFL for running backs, pass catching. What running back had the most catches? And what was the number? What was the number, though, that they had when it came to the amount of catches? I can't think that that's really that high. When have the Eagles ever been good passing without a good running game? Last year. Last year. They were not very good. They were 27 throwing the ball. And what they didn't do was they didn't help the kid out. No screen game, no slot game. They kept having him try to read first and second progression reading. And you know what? It never worked. And it was completely exposed in the playoff game against the Bucs because Todd Bowles and everyone were saying on the sidelines, the Eagles aren't going to do anything different because they can't. They can't. Okay? So that's part of it that's got to improve. And maybe that goes right into the running back. By the way, the running back situation in Philly is what? What do you guys think the running back situation in Philly is? Look at that. 33 catches for 257 yards. That was your top back last year. Game will 33 catches. Sanders 26. That's pathetic. And you're trying to tell me you're helping your quarterback out? Jesus, criminy. No wonder he didn't have that high completion percentage. They didn't give him a chance. Or maybe he can't make that play. I don't know. GT, I'd rather see Hurts under center. Like a true NFL quarterback under center. Why would I tip it away? Knowing full well, if I'm a defensive coordinator, it's 50-50 whether or not he's going to get that pass completed. You don't screen it. You don't throw it in a slot. All you're doing is looking for one or two. I jammed the number one wide out. Dude, the chances of Jalen having a big year with that style of offense is limited. They, they're they going to limit that this year. Why do you see – why do you think some quarterbacks struggle in their second year? Because the DCs get the book on you. And then it becomes up to you to progression yourself out of what they've schemed against you. I mean, 33 catches, you, you'll get cut for that. Gainwell with about 55 catches. Paul, you're still under the Mendoza, but it's better. Dude, 22 more pass, complete, uh, pass completions? I don't know. Paul goes... 
Leonard Fournette ballooned up to 260. Yeah, and you know what Leonard Fournette had three years ago in catches in Jacksonville? 77 catches. That guy had 77 catches in Jacksonville with sorry-ass Blake Bortles. Najee Harris, holy cow. Mike, that can't be true. Mike, that can't be true. Najee Harris had 74 catches last year? Shit. And he had 1,100 yards or 1,200 yards rushing last year? And 381 carries? Dude, that guy is a workhorse. That is Derrick Henry 2.0. He had 74 catches and 1,200 rushing yards and 381 carries. Well, I'll tell you what. Pittsburgh, with the 30th worst O-line in the NFL, got themselves a gem with Najee Harris. I wanted Najee Harris on the Eagles. That's the guy I wanted in Philly. I didn't want Devontae. I wanted Najee. They drafted the wrong Bama guy. Eckler's another good one. You imagine you have a back. By the way, so how many catches did, um, how many, wait a second here. Let me get this right. How many catches last year did Devontae Smith have? How many catches did Devontae Smith have last year? How many catches did he have? Was it 68? How many catches did Devontae have? Did he have 68 catches? Smith had 64 catches. So you're telling me that Najee Harris had 10 more catches than him as a back? Wrong guy drafted in Philly. Wrong guy. I was right. I want I wanted Najee Harris in Philly. As a matter of fact, when Leonard Fournette became a free agent, I wanted him in Philly too. Playoff Lenny. If you're gonna develop a quarterback that's not accurate, you need to have that guy that can catch the pass out of backfield and take it and move the sticks for you. Dude, Najee Harris is a gold mine. That dude had 74 catches last year and 1,200 yards rushing and 381 attempts. That guy touched the ball 400 times last year. That is a beast. Easier catches? Gordon, yeah. Why aren't they doing it? Okay, let's let's move on. The running back situation is this. I don't think you have very good backs. I think Miles Sanders is okay. I think he's okay. I mean, really, I he's nobody special. Okay? They have to upgrade that position mightily. I I just I think they're common dudes or they're using them as common dudes. What happens if Dallas Goddard gets hurt? Okay. Depth issues on tight end. Okay. 
I would say this. The depth issue at tight end is more concerning than the depth issue at wideout. But to me, again, I think they'll be okay. There's a reason they brought Zach Paschal in. I don't know if Jalen Rager makes the 47 roster, 47, 53 man uh, roster. I don't know if he does. And again, I wouldn't have him on my team because he's not productive. The bad part is when they wanted a volunteer Smith to break Sean's record, they found a way to face him the ball and cut and do all that during the season. That's on the coach. I think it's on the quarterback finding him. Dude, he couldn't find him for um, a quarter and a half against the Bucs. Apparently, they're shopping Rager now. To who? Nobody's giving you anything in return. I wouldn't give a seventh rounder for Jalen Rager. Nope. Our tight end debt is serviceable. Probably. Probably. It's probably serviceable. Okay? Probably serviceable. And if you're creative enough, then again, you don't have the backs to do that. Okay. Smith wasn't getting separation. You know why? Because Jalen couldn't find him. And when you let him running, through the separations in the cut, it's not in you running down the down to the 14 yard hash line. It's 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 in the turn getting the separation. And Jalen was late with his throws. Name says, is Sanders' stats better than Saquon right now? Hoss, anybody's better than Saquon Barkley. You got to be on the field to be evaluated. You got to be on the field. And I think Saquon Barkley, Barkley is overrated. He's overrated. If you're constantly in the tub, availability and durability are also part of the equation when you're evaluating a player. Someone tells me Saquon Barkley is one of the most gifted runners that we've had come out of college in a long time. And I say this to you, well, what a damn shame. The most overrated word used in all of sports is potential. And if he's not applying that potential because he can't play, you know, used to always, I used to always say this about Rafi Nadal. When Rafi Nadal was injured and Roger Federer would go on and win against a lesser opponent, that's not on Federer. That's on Nadal not being there. Availability and durability. How many championships do you think that guy kind of just blew away because of injury? It's part of the whole thing, man. It's part of the chapter. Wilmer has it. The Cowboys are looking at Rager. <laughs> that's right okay if Sanders has a breakout year he's gone anyway Tony he's going into this year without a contract they're letting him walk if he gets 1100 yards they're not nobody's paying for Miles Sanders nobody's franchise tagging Miles Sanders 
Nobody's giving that guy $14 million. Nobody's giving that guy $6 million. He ain't that guy. That guy right there that you have in Philly, I, I man, I, I'd have a hard time giving him more than two and a half. I'd have, I don't care if you gain a thousand yards. You know what a thousand yards is today in 17 games? It's 60 yards a game. That's not overwhelming to me. I can get a committee of bats to do that at $1 million. Do you know why the Cowboys don't have a problem this year, at least paying Zeke Elliott that 14 million bucks? Because Tony Pollard makes less than Miles Sanders. You know, Tony, Tony Pollard makes $840,000 a year. That's why when they look at that number, I get it. It's $14 million going to one guy who's not that guy anymore. But they're looking at it like, well, they're kind of splitting it going. One guy's worth seven and the other guy's worth seven. So economically, it kind of works. Next year, it won't. Okay. Guy's blaming Hurts for everything. I'm not blaming Hurts for anything here. I'm not even talking about him. I'm talking about the shitty backs you have. (laughs) Not blaming anything. All right. What we're going to do at the top is we're going to talk about the pluses. We just did the negatives of the offense. I still have to get to the Houston Texans. That is the opponent. For week nine, we still have that. Gary Cobb also is going to join us. That'll be at 5.30 Eastern time. Please hit the like button. What are the pluses of this Eagle offense going into training camp tomorrow? Training camp tomorrow. Here we are. Hit the like button. Hour three. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the oohs and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. 
What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show, please hit the like button. Gary Cobb, Fox 29, will be with us at the bottom of the hour. Training camp starts tomorrow. We'll reset really some of the great topics that we've been hitting on. And by the way, last hour we did mostly the ills of the offense. We're going to do the strengths of the offense. We'll do that here in a minute. First hour, we talked the Strengths and weaknesses of the defense. I still have to get to the Houston Texans. That is the week nine opponent for the Eagles. Anything you guys want to bring up, we always read it. We appreciate everybody coming aboard with us. I really love, real quick, before I get into the positives of the Eagle offense, Doug Peterson, sky's the limit for Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a breakout year this year. He's too talented of a passer. He's too talented of a quarterback. The only thing I would say mechanically that I don't like about Trevor Lawrence, he's got a little Vinny Testaverde in him where he floats back to his seventh step. The great quarterbacks, Bill Walsh told me this years ago, the great quarterbacks are the ones that get back with great feet to their seventh step. They process the information in front of them and they know where to go with the ball. How many times have you seen guys just floating back, throwing off their back foot, not knowing really where to go? You know, you kind of have a play designed. The great ones know where everyone is on the field at all times. That's what makes Brady. See, let me tell you what makes Brady so great. Brady not only knows his job and all the jobs in his huddle, but he knows all the defensive players' jobs and techniques. He has studied all those techniques. He has studied players' behavior. He looks at trends and how you're playing. All of that, he's constantly in front of that tablet. Tom Brady doesn't need to go out and practice throwing the wideouts. Tom Brady looks at play-calling situation. Watch this. Maybe Brady's not having a good year throwing it deep. Okay, he's smart enough to know this. Screens, slot, tight end. High percentage passes. Not going to get me in trouble. And if you have a stout defense, that keeps you in the game. Here's something, before we move on, let me ask you something here. 
Do you think this football team, I'm talking the Eagles, knows how to win? That's a great comment there, Yale. What do you think the IQ is right now on the Eagles? What do you think their IQ is? What would A.J. Brown know about winning? Devontae, I give it to him. Jalen's been around winning. Nicobe Dean. Okay. Okay. What does Hassan Reddick know about winning? Fletcher knows. College winning? Can you can you throw that in the NFL? Kind of. At least you've been around winning. But what do you think this group in Philly knows about winning? As, as a group. Hey, and don't go, well, Jason Kelsey won the Super Bowl in 17. It's a whole different team. It's a whole different team. What do you think Jalen knows when it comes to winning championships as a starting quarterback? Nothing. They benched him because of it. What, he won a Big 12 title? Great. My point is, you got to learn how to win. You beat all them shitty teams last year. Eh, you know, there's a part of me that does this. Well, Sills, come on now. They beat teams they were supposed to. Okay. Well, then why are we sitting here this entire offseason giving Jalen and Nick Sirianni and all these coaches kudos for beating nobodies? Because he did it in his first year? Well, this is the NFL, man. This is supposed to not be kindergarten or preschool or amateur hour. We're so, and I mean across the board, not just in Philly. We're so this. Mac Jones didn't get a lot of love for taking the Patriots to the playoffs. Why? Oh, because he has Bill. Okay. Because he has Bill, right? Does Andy Reid get credit for developing Patrick Mahomes? The best quarterback he's ever had. Couldn't do shit with McNabb. Oh, I won all them opportunities to go to the NFC Championship game. Well, ask Sander what that means. Cross the finish line, right? This team needs to start winning against team. See, here, I'll make a point. Last year, last year, one of the signature moments I thought for a quarterback was when Lamar Jackson beat Kansas City. Because I went like this. Ah, that's a game that matters. This team has to win a game that matters. That game is Dallas. Week six. You're going to have all these build-up games. Damn good offense in Minnesota. The Wentz experience. Doug is going to have a well-coached football team. May not have the talent. The cards people feel pretty good about. I don't know about them defensively. And then you got the Cowboys. Hoss, you've got to beat the Cowboys, man. 
I don't give a shit about any other team on this schedule except the Dallas Cowboys. You were non-competitive against that football team last year. Non-competitive. The only time it was competitive was the coin toss. Rest of it was a joke. Gotta beat that team before you could start talking about 13 wins and games that matter. This team has to learn how to win against games and teams that matter first. You beat Minnesota, you beat the Cardinals going into that Cowboy game. Now we're talking about winning significant games. Cardinals were a playoff team last year. You got to beat that team too. Minnesota's got high expectations with that offense. By the way, you see that? Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson, they're ranked ahead of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith as a tandem. You say whatever you want. Okay. You got to learn how to win. All cards last year. Okay, you're damn right. This is this year. Jalen Hurts, since he's been the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, has not won a game that matters. Plain and simple. That's got to change this year. And not the Lions. And kudos for beating the Lions. All right. Let's do this now. Rodgers, too. Rodgers has a Super Bowl. He's good. Rodgers has already done it. Rodgers is the two-time reigning MVP. Aaron Rodgers is a perennial NFC championship game quarterback, just like Peyton Manning was in Indianapolis. There's no difference between Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning in the postseason. They guess when, 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 and I know Peyton went to Denver, got another ring, but when Peyton was in Indianapolis, he was breaking all the regular season records and flopping in the postseason. But I didn't hear anybody talking shit on him. But because Rodgers has a different disposition, we look at Aaron differently. Aaron is a superior quarterback than Peyton Manning. Talent-wise, it's not close. I think Manning's won it five times, Dank. Let's see here. Positives. Give me the positives for the offense. Positives for the offense. Hawk goes Sills. Who's better, Sanders or Pollard? Pollard, he's always on the field. Five yards of carry, too. I know Sanders is up there, but he's healthy. He, he's healthy. And Sanders runs behind a better line. John, Brady was not the MVP last year, dog. Oh, you're saying he should have been. Okay. Pete Toilet, O-line number one. O-line. You think the wide receivers... What do we say, tight end, too? 
O-line, wide receiver, running game. Running game, O-line, probably in the same room, right? How's the depth on the offense? Continuity? Offensive coordinator? Okay, so here's what we said. O-line, wide receivers, tight end, O-coordinator, second system, second year in the system, right? Okay. Um, O-line's great. O-line's spectacular. Wide receivers are great. Um, here. Wide receivers are great. What do you, what, what are they trying to accomplish with this offense, with those wideouts? You're not going to put up big numbers with this quarterback. So what are you trying to accomplish? You may have 1,000-yard receiver this year. You know, I mean, that's been a pretty much a tradition in Philly. Not a lot of 1,000-yard receivers and never a 100-catch guy. So what are they trying to accomplish? Constantly being in third and short? Yes. I'll tell you where A.J. Brown, like I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, my opinion, A.J. Brown's going to be a beast on third down and red zone. Jump ball opportunities? That kid is, man, I'm telling you, you're not going to out-physical that guy. That guy is going to be, I think, a touchdown machine. You could see between 10 and 13. I think you're going to see, if healthy, between 10 and 13 touchdowns. I think he's going to be a red zone demon. Okay? I really don't know what the role of Devontae Smith is going to be until I see if Jalen can find him. First target's got to be AJ, unless you're going to have design. See, this is what I don't like. I have to have a quarterback that goes to the line of scrimmage and I have to have a quarterback that's being told where to go with the ball instead of a professional quarterback that gets to the line of scrimmage and sees what the defense is giving him. And when he sees something like when Brady is in the huddle and I, I I guess Brady's probably just unfair to use, but when Brady's in a, in a huddle, let's just say Gronk is down in a, in a block Brady with all audible block, block release. All of a sudden, the linebacker will walk back over. He'll audible again. Then the linebacker moves again. Right at the last second, block release, touchdown in the red zone. There it is, TD. That's the kind of stuff that you don't have in Philly. You don't have that savant. You don't have that arm talent. So where where, where are the wideouts? Yes, I think the wide receiving core is upgraded massively with A.J. Brown. But are you going to move A.J. around? Are you going to put A.J. in the slot to see if he can get more catches out of that position? You just can't line A.J. Brown up out wide and expect a quarterback who's not thought of by a lot of people around the league as a guy that's just all of a sudden going to air it out and open it up, especially when your forte is running it. 
Who said Brady was never a great regular season quarterback? Who said that? Smith is a natural wide receiver. He's smooth. He's open. And he makes catches. He's a great route runner, too. He's great in his turns. Very athletic. Totally. When you watch him run a route, it's, 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 it's really a thing to see. Jalen Smart, not some people's. I think Jalen Hurts is exceptionally smart. No, I would, that would not be something that I would put on the resume of Jalen Hurts not being smart. You got to play for a guy like Saban. Then you got to turn around and play for a guy like Lincoln Riley. Then you turn around and play for Doug Peterson. And I can't think that that offensive skill set playbook that Nick Sirianni has is a simple read. So saying that Jalen Hurts is not smart wouldn't be something that I would even address. I would think that he is exceptional. Jalen Hurts is in the league because he's a great athlete and he's smart. Okay? It's not because he's got great arm talent. You know how some guys are in the league because they're really just gifted athletes? Well, Jalen's a gifted athlete and brilliant. He's a smart kid, man. You could see it. He's a smart guy. He he can read a room 10 times better than Wentz ever could. Yeah, that'd be... To say that Jalen struggles reading a um, a playbook, that's not what we're talking here. We're talking about reading coverages. That's a skill set. Shit, man. Jeff George struggled with that. One of the greatest gifted arms of all time. He struggled with that. Vinny Testaverde struggled with that. That is the difference between the great ones and the good ones. Guys who can read defenses. Peyton Manning, exceptional. Brady, exceptional. Breeze, exceptional. Those guys were not the most gifted throwers in history, but they were so freaking good at finding the open guy. Jalen's not good at that yet. With all these great, look at all these great gifts. Top O-line, outstanding tight end. Really good-looking wide receiver core. All of that. And by the way, these are all positives. Okay? I say this to you. If Jalen Smart this year protects the football, they're going to be in a good position. They're going to be in a good position. They're going to be in a better position this year than they were a year ago to win better games against playoff teams. Okay? That's, that's my prediction. I think they're going to be in a better position to win. How can you make the assessment when Jalen is trying to learn to read the offense? Make what assessment? I'm talking about reading defensive coverages. Reading a playbook is what I'm talking about. Some people struggle with reading the playbook. Even McNabb should have had several Super Bowls. The Eagles gave up on primetime wide receivers after T.O. Quite frankly... Can I tell you why I think McNabb and maybe you guys disagree with me? The reason that McNabb um, was a quarterback who didn't run through the finish line 
I think Donovan McNabb was petty. I think petty. Hawk says, Sills, who had a better team? 17 Eagles or the 93 Cowboys? 93 Cowboys were too deep. And Hawk, the 92 Cowboys, the 93 Cowboys were not a one-year wonder. I think that's all you need to know. They went three and four. You know what I'm saying? That's how I look at a team. I look at that 85 Bears and go, oh, well. Or that 2000 Ravens team. Yeah, really a great year. They didn't sustain it. They didn't sustain it. Cowboys with three titles in four years with the same talent. Okay, I mean, a 17 team, in my opinion, this is, this is where I always go with your Eagle 17 team. The 2017 Eagle team had the best combination of fronts, O-line and D-line, of any team I've seen since the Steeler teams back in the 70s. When you beat up that New England Patriots team the way you did, and white flags are being waved on the Patriots' sidelines, I'd never seen that before. They beat that team in a submission. When you beat a team like that in the submission, I, I, I mean, I was saying it the whole year, and I think after maybe week 10 of that 17 season, I went, man, the Eagles are really dominant on both sides of the ball. They're going to they're gonna crush teams. Pete tore the prime McNabb or current Hurts. I would take McNabb over Hurts 10 times. Not That's not close. Okay? At least McNabb can throw the ball. McNabb has put together a career where you do this. You could make the argument that he and Phil Sims are borderline Hall of Famers. Sims has got a Super Bowl MVP, too. Okay? You can make the argument that both those guys are kind of like right there. Okay? McNabb all day, of course. Last year counts. My issue is a quarterback in Buffalo slugged terribly for the yeah, but but two one five. You're comparing Hertz to Josh Allen, who was considered one of the top talented kids coming out of college in recent memory when it came after the combines and they saw his skill set. Josh Allen is a prolific passer, also. He's a unicorn. So when you're trying to compare him to a guy who's a prototypical seven-step drop passer. It's impossible to do that. You cannot do that. Just saying, there's a lot of strengths on this football team this year going into training camp tomorrow. There's a ton of them, okay? I mean, a ton of them. There is a lot. We all. And by the way, now... Okay, rent's due, man. Tomorrow, rent's due. And I'm going to ask Gary Cobb the same questions that we kind of went over for the first two hours of the program here. I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Let's bring on our friend Gary Cobb from Fox 29 in Philadelphia here. 
Gary, here we are, man. Tomorrow, training camp. All starts, all bills are due tomorrow. That's that's it. It's that time. You know, it's it's time to get down to business, you know, and that's what you like, and uh, that's what all the players look forward to. I know that's what all the fans are looking forward to, and we got such a buildup here with this team, man. Everybody's got their eye on them. I tell you, a lot of people around the league have their eye on the Eagles. Now, can they answer the call? That's that's what it comes down to. That's what the great thing about, you know, all the anticipation. Uh, now, hey, it ain't about anticipation. It's about people going out and making plays. Can you get it done? Gary, do you agree also? Look, the 2017 season is it's in the rear view, Mary, here. Even for players like Jason Kelsey and even for some of the players that were on that team like Fletcher Cox, does this team need to learn how to win significant games and learn as a group to win games. Look, Dallas, you've got to beat the Cowboys. Before yeah. you can start talking about division titles or anything, that's got to be the most significant game and team that's on your schedule. Division opponent, rival, all of that stuff. Is that part of a process, too, that you've got to learn together with this group? Uh, without a doubt. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, they're going to see, and of course, it starts with Dick Suriani too. I mean, he has got to know uh, what he needs to do in order to have this team become a consistent winner. Were they able to pull out close games? Now, it starts right with him because, you know, in those key situations, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, what are you you're calling? What are you going to you going to run the football? You're going to throw the ball? Where are you going with the football? You know, where do you want to go with the football? You're trying to get the ball in AJ Brown's hands. You get to he's got to get to know his guys that he can trust and say, look, okay, this is where we're, we, we're taking the ball because we believe, we know this is the guy that's going to make it happen with everything on the line. And they've got to find out those teams. And really every team, even though you might have played together before, every year everybody's got to, you know, they got to go out and prove what they can do. That's what you have. That's why you have a training camp. You want to show everybody what you can do. And I know A.J. Brown is looking forward to it because – He's coming in. He's showing his work to all of these guys. This is why they went out and got me. And I know he looks forward to doing that. And a lot of that's done in training camp. I mean, Hassan Reddick coming off the corner. He wants to show these guys, this is why they went out and got me, man. You know, I, this is what I do. I come, I'm coming off that corner so the guys know, the, the, the cornerbacks know. At a certain point, they know, hey, the quarterback's not going to be standing up. So that's when, you know, you put, put all these guys together and, and people start taking leadership roles. And I know that that's something that, you know, Jalen looks forward to. And, of course, Jalen's got to prove himself to all these guys. He's got to show them that, hey, he can take them to the next level because they want to go to the next level. They were kind of embarrassed by Tampa Bay. Let's be honest. Can they get to playoff level when they're playing teams like Dallas, when they're playing the echelon teams? Can they play with them? Can they go in their house and beat them in their house? See, when you do stuff like that, that's when everybody knows, hey, we have arrived. When you can go in a, a very good team's house, the other team plays well, and you beat them in their house. You know, you look at every guy after the game. You're shaking hands with them. You look them right in the eye. You know, they know you beat us in our house. So there's a certain respect that's earned, and that's when a team matures and moves up to a next level. That's what this team is, wants to do. It, it becomes contagious, doesn't it, Gary? When it, 
it, it, it's both ways too. When you start yep. getting one of them four game losing streaks, man, you know what? Like this, all of a sudden, hey, you you know when the things are going in the south direction, man. Immediately, you start to see heads start to go down. But there's like a euphoric thing, man. When you're on a roll, it is. I've never been involved in the sport in any other sport other than football that it's tidal waves, aren't they? Yep. Going good, going bad, man. They're and and and, and they go in these giant tidal waves. Yeah, and, and you know it, it's such a team sport because you know when, when somebody does something, you know they empower like they empower the other side of the ball. You know uh, when when you got one side of the ball stepping up, you know and they step up against, let's say, you know you you stop Brady on a drive, it empowers the offense, and they start getting confidence, and 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 that's what. You want to see, and that's, you know, they've gone out, they've gotten these players, they've gotten players that have been stars on other teams. Once they come in there and they can contribute what they've done with these other teams, they contributed, it just brings a whole confidence. And that's where this team, that's what they're supposed to do this year. They're supposed to step up another notch to where, you know, let's say a team like, let's look at some of the quality teams, you know, teams like the Rams, uh, for that matter, starting with Dallas, you know, they got to step up and take over this division. They want to hit Dallas right in the mouth. They want to start off with them. Say, this is, hey, we're the big boys on this division. We, hey, we're, we're right up, we're looking you right in the eye, and we're going to beat you guys, you know. And, if you know, they beat Dallas the way, come on. They were kind of humiliated last year. Oh, I, I, I thought it was varsity versus JV. Gary, I want to yeah. play a game with you here. We, we kind of in the first two hours. We did this. We did the pluses and the minuses. Training camp starts tomorrow. Let's start with the negatives on defense. What's your biggest concern going into training camp tomorrow for the defensive side of the football, in your opinion? Well, it probably starts off with the defensive coordinator. You know, is he going to be able to utilize these guys properly? Because they've got players. How is he going to use them? Uh, you know, is he going to be able to, you know, of course, you want to see them be more aggressive than they started out last year. You don't want to see anything that looked the way that they started out the, the, uh, the game last year, where you got them just dropping off people and letting people have uh, career days against them. So it starts off with him, um, with Jonathan Gannon. You, you know, know he- my, my biggest concern, Gary, with Gannon is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I talked to Howard Balzer, who covers the um, the Arizona Cardinals, and I asked him, how, how did Hassan Reddick not get re-signed with two straight teams, Arizona, and then even his college coach let him go? Mm-hmm. And it was he said this in Arizona. They played him inside too much at first, and they underutilized him. You know, if it wasn't for Chandler Jones getting injured, they may not have ever found out that they had an edge rusher when it came to him. He's 6'2", 6'1", 235. I mean, I, I, how are you going to use that guy? So you're telling me that uh, Graham and Sweat are going to be your perimeter defensive end setting the edge. You're going to have Hardgrave and Fletcher with Jordan Davis rotating inside. I mean, Sweat, I look at him and I go, boy, I surely looked at him a year ago, Gary, and I went, I don't think he, him as an every-down defensive lineman. Uh-huh. I think him more situationally. Milton Williams, what will his role be? And this all has to go back to this coordinator putting all these pieces on the chessboard. 
uh, without a doubt. You know, and I, I think, you know, that whole point that you're at right here, this is what it's all about, which is Hassan Reddick really is an outside rusher. He's a 34 guy. Yeah. Okay. So they got to use 34 techniques. And I, 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 you know, I know they were doing some of it last year, but that's one of the reasons they were attracted to him because he's really a 30, he's, he's a 34, uh, he's a outside pass rushing outside linebacker. That's what he is. So you and, think Gannon's strength is more 3-4? Well, I know they're going to be playing. I think they're going to be playing 3-4. I think, you know, especially you look at they went out and got the big kid. He's a 34 guy. You put him over uh, the, that middle, he's going to clog up that middle. Big Jordan Davis. That's what he is right now. That's what he does best. And he would be great in a 34 because you're not moving him. Come on, you're not going to move that kid. So you know, you uh, you jump in a 34 and you got him unmovable in the middle, then it's tough to run the ball. And, you know, and, and uh, that's the way they rush the passer best. Because I think Josh Sweat also, you put him on one side. He's on one of the, you know, uh, pass rushing on one side and you got uh, Reddick on the, on the other. I think you want to try to turn them loose as much as possible. And then you're going to be doing different things where I think at times – you might have two defensive linemen in the game, you know, and and you got those guys coming off the corner because I think they're going to, they want to do different looks. And this is the way I would use them because uh, you definitely want to have them coming. Uh, and then at times you got one of them dropping in, pa in, uh, in pass coverage, which mixes things up for the quarterback. He's not sure what he's facing, but for the most part, they're going to be coming off the corner. You're probably going to have, because uh, I think, their best pass rushes are Reddick and Sweat. I think okay, those are their two. And I would say this to you, too. I mean, all of that makes it sound like Jonathan Gannon has to be somebody you and I and Seth and everybody didn't see last year because yep. now we're talking about creative Jim yes. Johnson, yep. you know, Bud Carson, I mean, kind you know, of it, defensive coordinators. Well, you know, they got the corners to do it. I mean, you know, you've got uh, Slay on one side, Bradbury on the other. You know, you got a good good nickel in there. I mean, you you got you got people that can cover people. You want to go after guy if they can cover them for two seconds, two three and a half seconds. We're going after the quarterback. We're, we're, we might not be blitzing, but we're going to send our best pass rushes, and we're telling them, "Hey, man, forget run everything. We come want you coming off that ball, and we want you to get him back there." You know, so. That's what, uh, you know, being more aggressive. I think that's definitely what Jonathan Gannon, I think that's what he wants to do because he kind of talked about it. But I think we're going to see that 34. We're going to see 34 looks. And uh, the big thing is I think they're going to be playing both 43 and, 30, uh, and, and 34 because they want different looks. They want to change things up. And I think that's what you want to do nowadays. You don't want to just sit in something. But you got people that can cover you know, they got two outstanding corners that can cover people. So I think what you want to say is, look, I want you guys to cover these guys three seconds. Three seconds. Hey, you guys rushing the passer? Three seconds. You're supposed to be taking that quarterback down, man. Hey, that's what, Gary, that's let, me, let, me, let me ask you, and, and I tried to tell the people this here. You mentioned James Bradbury, and I went like this. Follow me here when I say this to you. Okay, James Bradbury, he he – he knows French. On this side over here, Hassan Reddick, he's Portuguese. Mm -hmm. You got a guy over here in N'Kobe Dean. 
Okay, he knows German. You got yeah. a guy over here in Hassan Reddick. <laughs> this guy, what I'm saying is, is that all these guys knew foreign systems a year ago. Yeah. And all these guys have to be brought into the mix here to learn all of these techniques and all of the terminology. Do they have enough time when it comes to organized scrimmages and such? Does that concern you in camp that the quality reps are going to be the controlled scrimmages? They're not going to be the exhibition games per se. They may put some of the guys in, but mm -hmm. I mean, you got a lot of guys on that side of the ball learning a lot of new techniques, or at least, how about this? Uh, to be fair, maybe not techniques, but a whole new terminology where some of these guys have been. I mean, look at us on Reddick. Yeah. This is his third team in three years. Yeah. Now, they, there will be, you know, these guys are going to have to learn, you know, uh, terminology because it changes with every team. That is true. Uh, but for the most part, Hassan Reddick is going to come in. He's just got to beat the guy blocking him. That's pretty much his job. You know, get pressure off the corner. Uh, if you don't get the sack, you make the quarterback move. You got it. You, you're coming off the corner. That's basically what he's been brought in here to do. Um, so that's what it, what's got to be his focus. He's a pass rusher. And I don't think that uh, what he's going to, he's got to learn is they're not going to mix things up because too much for him. They'll have him drop every now and then, but he's, he's rushing the passer. He's brought in rushing. Bradbury, they're going to be playing some man-to-man. -man. They're going to be – they'll play some zone. Um, you know, he'll Do you be think they keep it simple, Gary, because there's too I think many they keep it people simple. in there? That I, think they, I think they keep it simple because you got new people in there. And I think that you, you get in thing where, hey, it's simple as we're going to play man, we're going to play some man, we're going to play some zone, but we're going to play more man because that's why we went out and got – you know, we got premier corners – that's what we're asking you to do, and and we're asking our pass rushers to get to the quarterback. You don't want to make it too complicated, so I don't think where they're going to be doing all these, you know, uh, different blitzes and all of that. No, they they got pass rushers. That's why they went out and got Reddick. They figure he's a speed rusher off the corner. I think they are going to play thirty-four, but the way things are now, with the fact that you're really not dealing with run, you know, come out with run formations and things. You still, even though it's just mainly you got our your outside pass rushers standing up. That's basically all it is. It's not a big change where, you know, before when the running game was such a integral part of offenses, you know, the big thing was, are you going to be in a 34 or 4-3? How are you going to stop the run and all of that? It's not as much like that anymore. The teams come out, you know, they very rarely don't have two guys back there in the backfields. One guy back there. They will uh, do some run blocking, but for the most part, you got to attack the guy in front of you and get off the ball, get off the yeah. block and make plays. But uh, the, the big thing is that outside pass rushers, they got to come with it. Uh, you know, they got some guys that uh, rushing the passer from inside. I think for the most part, you're just beating your man. It's not a lot of, uh, you know, uh, integral things that uh, they used to have where when the running game was such a big part of it. Because teams don't really run the ball a lot. Gary, you know? I want to take you over to the offense here. A couple questions here on that. And I want to, I want to, if you're going to help this kid out and you're going to help your quarterback out, my opinion, man, mm -hmm. you've got to be more in the slot when it comes to throwing slot passes. And because those are predetermined where you're going with it. And yeah. your freaking screen game has to, 
if and I was telling folks this, Gary, if you have the number one running attack in the NFL and you have no screen game, you're essentially wasting that because that defense on the other side of the ball, the number one thing that they're thinking about is getting knocked off the ball and they do not want to. I would rather have a team throw for 500 yards against me than run for 200 yards against me because uh-huh. I still have a chance with three and outs at the end of the game in the passing game to get a series back for my offense and win a game. When you're giving up 200 yards, you have no shot. Yeah. I get that. But if you want to improve your passing game, the short game has to improve before you're even talking about two receivers with a thousand yards. You know, I mean, Miles Sanders, in my opinion, is not good enough. Well, I- I'll tell you this. Uh, the guy I think you need to watch out for is Kenneth Gainwell. And he showed last year. He was you think he gets more reps this year? I think I think he's going to get more reps. The kid is a very good receiver coming out of the backfield. He's the kind of kid you can you can uh, you can have walk outside too. He's a mismatch for uh, any backer that they would send out there to try to cover him. And he's very good in the screen game. He's patient. Uh, he's smart. You saw how much they utilized him last year. Usually, come on, as a rookie, they've had him in there a lot of times on key plays. So they have a lot of confidence in him. So I, I would tell you, Kenneth Gainwell is a guy that you see, they'll probably go his way uh, because I think they have confidence in, in him already about the fact that he knows what he's doing. He's a good route runner. He catches the football. He doesn't put it on the carpet. And I, I think that you're going to see him because uh, they are going to you know, get the ball. I think this is the key. Uh, Jalen has to get the ball out of his hands. Get the ball out of your hands. Take what they give you. If you got to take this check down, take it. Go ahead and take it, but take it early and make it an accurate throw. And you're going to stay out of bad situations. And then it really puts, I think, a lot of pressure on the defense because after a while, guys are going to start trying to come up and cheat up to take things away. And that's when the stuff down deep, the other stuff opens up down uh, downfield. So, that's what I want to see Jalen do is get the ball out of his hands. Don't be greedy. Take what they give you. Uh, and listen, if Brady and Montana played the game that way, why why not copy them? <laughs> right. Come on. Hey, Roger Craig. Roger Craig was a nightmare to play against. Come on. Both of them. Because they're going to take what you give them. And then when you start cheating up a little bit, all of a sudden, now they're going to throw into the curl route. Now uh, now they're going deep on you. That's what they do. But they, but they start off by taking what you give them. Early in the game, they will they will take the check down. If you're going to give them five yards, boom, we, we'll take that. And watch and this. I'm going to leave you with this. Um, yeah. So I got, a, um, I got a text message from Ron Rivera. And get this. Just your thoughts here on what – so I guess him and Doug were talking and they had a conversation and Ron goes, Hey, Carson Wentz looks like 2017 Carson Wentz. Doug Peterson goes like this. Wouldn't shock me if he has a year like he did back in the day. And he goes like this. He goes, it wouldn't shock me. He just needs someone to believe in. And he goes, well, we do. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you make of the two talking about Wentz? And I know he's concerned because he was talking about, Trevor Lawrence saying that, you know, right now the sky's the limit for him. And he just goes, well, I think Wentz is looking like 2017 Wentz. What do you think of that? Do you think, again, is it just coaches talk? 
Uh, I, I think right now, yes, yeah, coaches talk, but I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Wentz has, has plays well. I mean, uh, you look at his numbers last year; he wasn't horrible. I mean, no, you, you know. So uh, I, I think that he be getting. He just over. had horrible moments last he, year, Gary. He, he had, hor he he had horrible, horrible moments, and he had a horrible moment at the worst possible time yeah. at the end of the season like that. Yep. But I wouldn't be surprised if he has a good year. I would not be shocked at all. Um, in fact, I probably would predict it that he's probably going to play well because he's got to feel good about th that defense. They got a lot of capable people over there. If they're playing well, then then I think that uh, he he might start playing the way he should play, which is look, take care of the football. That's what he's got to do. But I tell you what, it's going to be exciting. I know uh, I'm looking forward to that because we're, you know a lot of it is going to come down to. Seeing the Eagles play against Washington. We've talked about them playing against Dallas. What about when they play Washington? And you got uh, Carson coming in here. And you, you go down there, you got to play Carson. That's going to be those going to be some fun weeks, boy, because. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I, I just know this, man. I can't wait for the season to start. You got the win. Look at this. I told you. Look at this, Gary. Yeah. You got the, you got the uh, Justin Jefferson Bowl in week yeah. two. Yeah, you got the Wentz Bowl in Week Three. Mm -hmm. You got the Doug Peterson Bowl in Week Four. Wow! You got the Cowboys in Week Five. You got and, the and, Steelers and, PA battle. Hey, think about think about the quarterbacks. You got Lawrence against Jalen. The whole how much they'll be talking about the quarterbacks leading up to that week. Then you, got, you got Kyler the, Murray. You got Kyler Murray the week before that. Wow! Wow! That's gonna that's gonna be fun, man. I tell you what. Jalen, man, get your hat. Put your hat on, man. Hey, this is time he can step up. Boy, he can really, boy, he could he could shut a lot of people up, boy. Hey, hey, Gary, all I could say, I would hear here'd be my motivation walking in to uh the locker room there at the Novacare Center. I'd look over at him and go, Did you say that? Did you see that boy in, in Arizona get 230.5 million dollars? I know did, you you did see that, right? Yeah. And I, he goes, yeah. I go, you know, he's making forty six point one million dollars now, right? All you got to do is win eleven games. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Yeah, I right. You, hey, the money is out there. I mean, hey, and he could say all he wants. Oh, I didn't see that. Hey, don't tell me that. You don't saw talk it. to me. You like saw that. it, man. You saw it. You know what these people, uh, uh, the guys of these contracts, these guys are signed, and all you got to do is step up here. You got the weapons here. Step up this year, man. That's all you got to do. Step up. I can't wait, Gary. Tomorrow training camp starts. Thank you, brother. It's going to be uh, another great year. Thank you. Don't forget, everybody. Gary Cobb, Fox 29 in Philadelphia. Thank you, Gary. Fantastic, man. Please hit the like button. Love it, man. Morgan and Morgan, our good friends. Where the fee is free. You're hurt or injured on the job. My friends, do me a favor. Make that call to Morgan and Morgan. For the people, it's not a slogan. It's who they are. Past 30 years, Morgan & Morgan has collected over $13.5 billion worth of compensation for their clients. 800 attorneys strong, making them the biggest law firm in the country when it comes to repping and representing their clients. Man, offices in Philly, New York, Florida, there's nobody bigger. And there's no cases like this. Well, it's just a fender bender. No, they will not be intimidated. Call them 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. The call is free. The consultation's free. Open 24-7, seven days a week. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, tell them Big Sill sent you.
Many times when people are injured at a place of business, they don't realize they may have a case. The fact is injuries should not happen. And most of the time when someone is injured, someone is at fault. Maybe the store manager installed a cheap, slippery floor, or there wasn't proper security. After an injury at a hotel, restaurant, store, or any place of business, it's so important to call us. Time matters, size matters. Morgan & Morgan, for the people.com. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show, your boy Big Sales. Please hit the like button. CBS has ranked the alternate helmets for this upcoming season. By the way, that Eagle black helmet does look dope. I like the Miami Hurricane black helmet too, by the way. You know, I'm not a fan of 
going against tradition. You know, I like the helmet, you know, and then, you know, I, I, I do. I like, you know, the black helmet, not a fan of going against tradition. Here's the rankings. Top 10 Cowboys 10. I don't like that white helmet. Not a fan of the white helmet. I like the traditional cowboy helmet. The Bears have an at you guys have to look at these if you haven't seen them. Dude, that Bears helmet looks absolutely sensational. I'm not I didn't rank them. CBS did. CBS Sports ranked them. The Saints helmet looks awesome. The Jets helmet, these alternate helmets look great. Washington has a dope one. The Cardinals have this dark Cardinal helmet. I don't know. I mean, they may wear it for that Eagle game. Looks great. That Eagle black helmet is ranked fourth. So it goes Cowboys 10, Bears 9, Saints 8, Jets 7, Washington 6, Cardinals 5, Eagles 4, the Texans have a beautiful alternate helmet. Hey, Manser, that Bears helmet looks really sweet. It's like all orange. Okay? Dude, I love that helmet, man. The Panthers are at two. They have a dope one. And the number one, you guys have to see this Bengal helmet. I, I like it. I, I like the stuff like that. Xander goes, hey, Sills, I wonder why you love the orange. Hey, I'll tell you why I love something that Bama does. Bama ain't changing that helmet for nothing, man, ever. The number's on the side of the helmet. When you see the Alabama, see, the one thing that I don't like about the Oregon gear, eh, I wouldn't like that. I think Ohio State kind of messes around with the tradition of their colors too much, too. When you're Alabama, I think Bama, if I'm not mistaken, I think I've seen them wear a white helmet. I think I've seen it like there's a white helmet, but they're not straying off that thing. That helmet's been around like my entire life. I don't ever remember Alabama not wearing that thing. Number on the side of the helmet, you know. I think if I'm not mistaken, back in the day, they didn't have names on the back of the gear. Okay. I don't think they had names during my time um, on the back of the gear. They do today, I believe. I think the names are on the back of the uniforms. Notre Dame. See, I, I, I used to tell people this. Well, Notre Dame used to like people to wear black shoes. And when I went on my recruiting trip, hey, when I went on my recruiting trip, can I tell you guys my Notre Dame story? This is terrible. Xander, here's my Notre Dame recruiting trip story. So I go in there and I go, so you guys don't have the name on the back of your jersey? I go, no. I go, okay. Um. Do you guys wear white shoes? No, we're black shoes. Do you have any women at Notre Dame? No, they all go to, back then they went to St. Mary's right across the street. So I went like this, no women, you wear black shoes and your name's not on the back of the gear, no big sales. <laughs> <laughs> And I went to a Catholic school. My nuns get a hold of me when I get back. Did you say no women? And I was like, I think I did. 
Yes, I did. I think I did. Sister Fish and Sister Judith O'Connor, I think I did say that. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Xander goes like this. The ego's kicking back then too, huh? <laughs> Big sales will never change. Hey, no chicks, black shoes, and your name's not on the back of the jersey? No big sales. <laughs> uh, and by the way, I'm knee deep in snow drifts. They go, where are you going this week? I go, South Florida, Miami. <laughs> where do you, hey, where do you think I'm going to go to school? Snow drift you or beach you? Where do you think I'm going? <laughs> oh, man, terrible. I know. Then we end up kicking, hey, Xander, then we end up kicking the shit out of um, Notre Dame. 58 to 7, biggest ass beating in program history. Still to this day, we beat Notre Dame 58 to 7. We beat them by 51 points. Somebody puts a mic in front of me. I go like this. Well, it looks like touchdown Jesus took a knee today. <laughs> My nuts got a hold of me after that, man. It's God's team. No, it's not. It's not God's team. Well, it's Notre Dame. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. It's God's team. Sure. That made me want to kick their ass more. <laughs> oh, man. We're running reverses with 80. Hey, hey, we're running reverses with 30 seconds left in the game. <laughs> oh, man. We beat the shit out of that team, man. Uh, big sales don't go to bars with dudes. Absolutely not. If you're a fantasy football player, make sure you always take a woman with you. Don't ever catch me watching you at a bar on a Friday night with 17 dudes talking fantasy football because you'll be restricted from this show and you will automatically lose your man card. Men who go to bars with other men on fantasy football Fridays you're barred from my program. You got to have a chick with you. Cannot hang out with 17 dudes. No way. 17 guys talking. Hey, what do you think Justin Jefferson does this week? I don't care. <laughs> Susie better be asking me that question. All right. I appreciate everybody coming aboard. Thank you so much. Please hit the like button. We got a big week to start a training camp tomorrow for the Eagles, man. Jacob Sports will have you covered wall to wall, as we will as well. We appreciate everybody coming aboard. Till tomorrow, 3 to 6. We'll see you on the flip side.